Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Welcome to Profiles and Eccentricities, a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Boy. It is John Boy time. Your host, John Fahey, the COVID kid, COVID barely 18. Joining me as ever, the handsomest man under the sun, Michelangelo's David Duchovny, Aaron Joseph Peter. You're going to need something bigger than a fig leaf. (laughs) (laughs) You said it, neighbor. You know, a fucking banana leaf or something like that. (laughs) Banana peel. One of those elephant ears. That's right. Yeah, one of those ones. Get that good banana sheath. Yeah, and wrap it up, bury it, steam it. To my left, uh, live from Chineseville, a handsome Matt Brousseau. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing all right. And joining us once again, oh a very, God. very, very, very pretty man. <sighs> Joe K returns to the program. Oh, oh, wow. So good to have you here. Thank Welcome you so there. much, John Boy. I'm so happy to be here with you, Me pretty too. beautiful, gorgeous <laughs> man. Look yeah. at this. Well, Paul, what, we're going to be in a train later. That's what we're going to... Yeah, yeah. Girl on a train. Who's Centipede or, uh, you know, millipede. Millipede. Uh, whatever it takes. Hectopede, <laughs> whatever it is. As long as we're peeing, We right? can say we're pedophiles. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm a pedophile. Yeah, oh, oh. I, I, uh, I consider <laughs> myself more of a pedophile. Oh, yes. I'm from the UK. Uh, okay. Call the pizza. I'll have a nice pizza. Uh, okay. You and I uh, spoke. I, I I demanded you return to the show. You absolutely demanded you it. You obeyed. I obeyed you because obeyed. I mean, oh. you are the master. I am the slave, <laughs> and the flag is falling. Oh, that's kinky. That's very kinky. That's some kinky that's, shit. Half mast, baby. I think that is a that is an ominous sign of things to come. Happens yeah. every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, guess you can guess who taped it. Ugh. Why, man? Get some real tape in this fucking house. I'm not gonna have you duct tape my walls. Why? It's gonna rip the paint off. It'll take all the fucking schmear off the fucking walls. Schmear? Yeah. What is that? What is bagel? It? Bagel? It's all the dude breath. <laughs> it's all over these walls. Come on. You got a patina of you dude got, breath? Yeah, there's a thick soap. Scrape the shit off, man. <laughs> there's some lady breath and non gendered breath, too. Okay? Nice. Oh, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> um. And we discussed, Joe, yes. uh, that you wanted to talk about Disney, which, Aaron, uh, did you go to Disney growing up? I grew up in Los Angeles, didn't go to Disneyland until I was like 12 years old. Okay, okay. so you've been, though. I've been you, to you're, Disneyland. You're, fami- well, you're you familiar. You, you don't, yeah, I, you've never been. Matt. I, I've been. You have been. I've been uh, twice. No, once. I don't know. Oh. At least once. Okay. I, I, I've never been. I've been, and, I've and been I to Disney in, World, too. I lived in Florida, and I never went to Disney World. Well, you weren't allowed in. <laughs> Good. You, got, they good. Don't you know what? Rules, good. Right? Yeah, they don't good. let. They, good. John, I will say they don't let the Irish in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Disney had some hangups. No Jews, no Irish. <laughs> That's yeah. actually very shocking that I was allowed in. It's the blonde hair and the blue eyes. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The blue, uh, blue hair, blue hair and, the blue. and the blonde eyes. Ah. Oh. All night. Uh, so you wanted to tell us about. Oh, dude. <laughs> I wanted to tell you so much. It started. It, I will, the thing is, I wanted to come and talk to you guys about the weird, like some of the weird shit at Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, all over. You know, Tokyo Disney. I mm. wish I could have been getting into the international parks, but this already well, was becoming time. a titan of a thing to get Hell through. Yeah. 
Uh, remember it, the Titans. Rem- I Disney do remember movie. the Titans. It was a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that was that Denzel Washington. It was. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. Couldn't it's really be. good. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to get into was like I realized that so much of what we know Disney parks to be now, what what you think of when you think of Disney parks, is like fully not what they were. Mm-hmm. Like Disney parks used to be like truly weird, wacky, wacky, schmacky places that really? like may that to, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm really like reading about it, seeing it with my very own eyes growing up with some of it broke my brain, like going <laughs> back to it. And we're going to go, we're going to start, we're going to go all the way back. We're going to go back to 1955 when Disneyland first opened. Uh, and we're going to, we're, we're going to start there. If Marty, you don't, please. don't mind, uh, <laughs> I'll take it away. And I really don't know anything. So, like I said, I need some of the broad strokes on, yeah. on the history. But, you know, not nothing too convoluted, but I just don't know anything about Disney. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Hmm. And if you have, like, I mean, this, anybody has, like, questions. any questions, we'll shoot them to feel you. free to. I'll email you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> CC me. Uh, you know, um, no, uh, whether it's about, like, theme parks, any, because I, I, don't, I don't know if... Uh, there's probably some technical terms and stuff in here that I'm, I, I will I'm have to explain. But uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll get us get us going. So on July uh, 17th, 1955, Disneyland opened to very mixed reviews. Uh, the construction in the weeks leading up uh, to opening were extremely rushed. And Walt Disney was very quickly running out of money. Uh, the park was built from the ground up in one year and one day from the announcement. Wow. Which is like, that's, I mean. Out of control. Nowadays, like they're saying, oh, we're going to open up a new gate it'll be ready by 2030 mm-hmm. like okay yeah. and it was so, all dwarves who built it 100 percent all of them they he hired all of the dwarves they were uh, italian they were goomba loompas <laughs> actually and the only time <laughs> the only good. time what good good yeah, very good. good now this is in uh this was in anaheim california yes, this, and this is, was this was at the time when it really was all orange groves 100 yeah, yeah. orange groves like it was cheap ass land mm-hmm. that uh they built uh, that they bought, I mean, um, like li- quite literally the construction was going up to minutes before they were opening. Like, I'm, I'm, we're, st- we're literally talking about like the bathrooms were still under construction. Like, wet paint. Minute, not just wet paint, like wet cement. Like yeah. we're talking, and, and it was the middle of the summer. <laughs> People in just Anaheim, California. Is this a ride? A hundred degree weather. <laughs> women's shoes were literally sink. Like heels were getting stuck in the cement. Uh. Like they were sinking in. And to top it off, everything was being televised. Like com- everything was being televised. Oh, and there were so many celebrities there. Like I mean, you had like obvi- the obvious. You had like Sinatra and Reagan were among the many celebrities to be there. Uh, the only way to be able to go on opening day, you had to be invited with a special ticket that would say um admit one and party uh and party (laughs) Um, one of the uh one of the big problems was uh complete overcrowding they were expecting about fifteen thousand people that day and they got twice that amount what about the august the tickets were just like four people quite and party well i mean that was what they would assume people would use it for oh you and your family but like uh as (laughs) i have one name here uh, what's the guy's name? Yeah, there were some. There were some people like uh, Ron Dominguez used it to admit an entire bus full of people. Jesus, nice way yeah. to go, Ron. But like, not only Dominguez. that. Not only that are people taking advantage of of uh, the 
the wording on the tickets, people were fence hopping, like hardcore, like Whoa. hardcore they fence hopping. The fences. There was there was even like reports of like of one guy that was l- literally charging people five dollars to use his ladder to climb over the fence into <laughs> Disneyland. That's amazing. <laughs> Which I fi- I figure that was like if there if there was ever a person that deserved to be shouted out on this fucking yeah. show, it's the guy that say, "Hey, want to come use my ladder? It's a ride. <laughs> you want to see? You want to see the mouse? You want to yeah. see the castle? Come take a quick climb." <laughs> Maybe maybe you know this. What was the state of theme parks at the time, right? Just like carnival, like yeah, local it was very. Shit? Car- I mean, the thing that Walt Disney, his whole um, like idea was, he wanted to have like a um, an amusement park that wasn't like Coney Island mm-hmm. or the Santa Monica Pier. He wanted to take like the the gross trashiness out of it all and just like wanted to have like a pristine lovely place that in his brain that was like where parents and children can go on the rides together right. yeah. they can enjoy the, an experience together yeah. for the whole family right. the right. trash is the point of coney island even there's trash in the water mm-hmm. there's trash on the ground there's trash, people are trash. Right. riding the rides even, I mean, yeah. even like coney island today is like a hollow shell of what it was when true, even in true. the 90s when i was like yeah. going there it was still like kind of a seedy fucking place. Yeah, I, didn't I, that's when I be went too. Once the sun went down, yeah, yeah. like without you know without proper supervision or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> but he's Excuse basically me. doing the thing where he's going like, all right, fuck the gravitron, you know, fuck lobster boy crawling around, mm-hmm. and let's get you know, let's get some. Uh, some some nice white entertainment is absolutely what he's yeah. doing absolutely yeah. um but uh, some of the things that were happening because of the overcrowding like they have a a riverboat there that I'm, if you've for the two that have been there you know the the, big the jungle riverboat. cruise yeah. not the jungle uh, cruise the Mark Twain riverboat oh, like, right. big, big oh riverboat. very nice that was like sinking during <laughs> oh day one and flooding day one it was flooding due due to overcrowding we're missing a board um and it took got some stowaways quite a few <laughs> it took quite a few months for shit to actually start running smoothly some incidents over the course of the opening months uh was there there was a stagecoach that was just constantly toppling over uh they have like they have a ride there called autotopia that's been there it's still there to this day where right. you can like drive little cars mm-hmm. on that um now are attached to like a track that mm-hmm. but they used to not be it used to it used to just be free reign just drive these little cars and people were crashing them into each other obviously <laughs> like you give you give teenagers the ability yeah. to take shitty little metal cars that aren't theirs and are just like here literally drive them on uh, a mini freeway they're gonna crash into each other um and my personal favorite one uh, a tiger got loose from a circus parade um, oh boy and staged a quote bit of a death struggle according to the papers a death what? struggle what does that mean i do not know. who's death <laughs> <laughs> who's struggle oh they probably shot that yeah, tiger they, that they killed it. dead um but believe me when i say the circus theme like circus stuff there stayed for a long time because walt disney for some fucking reason was like full tits obsessed with the circus like he he like insisted there be circus even though like at even at the time the circus in and of itself was kind of just like going Going away fashion yeah uh so it made no sense for i mean i think like i guess for him it was the spectacle before he made disneyland it is this it's the spectacle of it all come see the beasts from foreign lands yeah he made dumbo yeah. Um, so I'm going to now I'm going to I'm going to bring up like some of the oddest things that were like attractions that were available to visit on opening day. So first things first, there was a working bank on site. Cool. Uh, so I, it's best it, ride in town. Best ride in town. I just I mean, I just Disney found bucks it back then. 
But no, but you're not far off. I'm sorry. Can from, you repeat that? So there was a, a, a thing. I think it was maybe in like the 70s, maybe the 80s when it got implemented. But there's things called Disney dollars where it was like literal currency that you can spend your like exchange your money for Disney dollars that could be spent in only, the, only there. there on wow. park uh, property. Um, and they still do, I think they still do them. They must. You, they but still now have to take them. They're more seen as like a souvenir thing. Like, you ah. know, cause they have like one, five, 10, 20. So like, I, I know, uh, I have like a couple of friends that like have, they have like these cool little like plat. I don't like plaques frames. Yeah. 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 Frame money, yeah. yeah the mem- memorabilia. Like yeah, come they look at your, they could smash the I glass. saw a coat <laughs> through mine. Come get your commemorative yeah. Donald Trump survived COVID coin. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's I, if real. That, if that yeah. money, if that money didn't go to him, I would buy that. I honestly, I think I would too. If it, it, it really, didn't yeah. go directly to it, him. It will be something of, of, of a souvenir uh, collector's item. Um, but I think it actually just goes, I think it's just some guy making it. Like it's not going to the campaign. I, I guess I could just pay to it's, have my it, own. It's my, just some fucking some guy. Mass. Some guy got the website before anybody else. Some yeah. MAGA guy, you know. Yeah. Great. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you gonna say? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's, that's some MAGA guy. That's all it is. It's not like it's going to the campaign. No, no, it's not. So, um, excuse me. Uh, so on opening day, there was a working bank there sponsored by Bank of America. It was a working Bank of America on site. The opening day brochure maps were sponsored by Bank of America. And the relationship between Disney and Bank of America actually dates like much farther back uh, because Bank of America helped them finance the release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Weird. Uh, so they, they would actually provide a lot of financial backing for a lot of the studio's earliest animated films, mm. um, as well as play a huge role in the construction of Disneyland. So, I mean, it was obvious that, like, they would have some sort of relationship once the park came to open. And there was a, like I said, there was a complimentary brochure map that was made available to all guests who would utilize the branch's services or just stop to take a look. Um, In fact, two of the 16 panels are dedicated to the facility that was built to coincide with the the turn-of-the-century style of Main Street. Um, which is Main Street, the main thoroughfare of Disneyland was styled to look and feel inspired by Walt's hometown. I think it was Iowa or Illinois, somewhere uh-huh. Interesting. in the Midwest. Very idyllic, small yeah. town wanted that feel to it. Right. Um, 1955, uh, Back to the Future. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but you would think it dates even further back because, you know, it would be like me. Like 1912. Sure, yeah. Um, so the, this is the uh, the text that would read inside of um, the introductory text inside of the uh, brochure. Uh, Disneyland Branch Bank of America. In the unique old-fashioned atmosphere of this branch, you might find it hard to believe that it's a fully equipped, completely modern banking office. Yes, that's why we're here, to be your bank away from home. <laughs> it is our desire to provide you with the same friendly service you receive at your own hometown branch out-of-state visitors, as well as our regular California customers and friends, are cordially invited to take use of these facilities. Can you, like, apply for a home loan? I I really wish I could... F- I would have been able to find mm. the actual details of yeah. what you could do there. I think as they gave... I think it was, you I know, could apply for a gnome loan. A gnome loan? <laughs> Only if you were white. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a turn it was accurate turn of the century Main Street USA. It's true. Bank. Yeah, you can't um, get a gnome. Unless. Can you imagine being 
the the Bank of America employees <laughs> that like volunteer. Oh yeah, to go work. <laughs> At Disney. Well, yeah. imagine being like the postal worker that's got to pick up the letters from Disneyland because they have working yeah. mailboxes have their own post office. Yeah. that you could, you know, you get postcards, you drop them in and like you just, oh, and send them off into the world. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> I found it very funny that you can get something like stamped from Disneyland yeah. and have it sound like that's kind of cute. Got it. I mean, it certainly has its own zip code. It must have its own Disneyland, zip code. Disneyland, no. Disney World, probably. Because they have the residential neighborhood. Well, um, Celebration yeah. in Florida is like a few miles outside. Oh, like, is it really? I thought it was like right next no, to it. No, 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 no. It's, it's oh, like down the road. Um, the property, I mean, they, they have so multiple Celebration, zip codes in Florida. Celebration like, is a Disney owned yeah, community. Yes, community. it was. Yeah. I mean, we're going to, we're going to get to yeah, not sure. necessarily Celebration, but it actually is like something that Walt always had in his brain and his heart was to have like this the idyllic suburb. The I, I the community of tomorrow, right. which is the. You ever see the Stepford Wives? Oh yeah, of course. The original. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. the character's name is Diz. That's right. It is. It's because he's modeled after Walt Disney. Huh. I hmm. never knew that. Wow. I never knew that. Interesting. Well, look at you. Teach me. Give me a little wink. Teach just me a little something. Throw a little something in something there. Something to take um, home with you. No, but as as far as I know, the only thing that you could do in this bank was um, basically get the Change. the of the time equivalent of the Disney dollars. You can get like you were able to get special Bank of America money orders from ah. the Disneyland Bank. But as far as like I looked at photos of these things, and they just look like colored money orders, like purple, blue, orange, and green. Like there's. Mm nothing special on them there's like almost nothing on there that would indicate that these came from disneyland at all it was mm. just bank of america money orders strange i do not understand why i i, I don't understand why they're needed to, they're needed to be a working bank on you site have mickey mouse on people look and go what's this mickey mouse shit <laughs> this is a mickey mouse bank order <laughs> <laughs> he talks about that like like how did mickey what mouse did, what do people inside disney <laughs> It's a real Mickey Mouse did, job. Did they, did they use the term Mickey Mouse when talking about poor quality things? That was something we were talking yeah, about we, at work it was one a long, day. It was like, I mean, Disney makes... That wasn't that long ago. That no. was like a few weeks ago. No, it was maybe a little bit longer. They were like, this is a fucking Mickey Mouse park. Like, Think about all the high quality shit Disney makes. Yeah. Marvel movies, Star Wars, everything. Like, And you know, a lot of it they just bought, but they make... Really high quality shit. It's not Mickey Mouse shit. It's not Mickey Mouse shit. <laughs> when did Mickey Mouse become... Become a term for rinky-dink bullshit. And I think... So I looked this up. I think. You think... Maybe this is probably, a dream I you had. You probably know... You probably... I think it goes back to... <laughs> the early animations with, with Mickey... Like around Steamboat Willie time, mm -hmm. where he's fucking up shit, and he's like constantly uh, trying to like plug leaks or whatever, uh, and then see, like Sorcerer's Apprentice stuff. I would have assumed that it would have came from like the fact that once it was this giant commercial success of all the people that would like rip it off and make bootleg merchandise. Oh, ah, like, that's I mean, interesting. Too. Okay. Mickey Mouse shit. I was like, oh, you know, it would be like a Mickey Mouse doll that you wouldn't get in the park, but you'd get from the store. Oh, down like the road. Mackie Mouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or like Bort Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Rat. Um, so some of the other notable shops on opening day on Main Street, uh, there was the Maxwell House Coffee House, Random Parts Jewelry Store. Uh, there was a Random Parts. It was called Random Parts Jewelry Store. Um, there was a piano and organ 
store on Main Street. Like you could buy a piano oh, at cool, Disneyland. Yeah. Got my um, piano at Disneyland. And these oh, two, home. I got all these organs. <laughs> and an organ market at Disneyland. <laughs> and these 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 last two. This first one, just the name of it is insane. Don Frank's Grandma's Babies Infants Wear. <laughs> That's that's <laughs> so Don is it, is Frank's it, it, grandma's babies okay. infants wear. Yeah. So I guess it was Don Frank's store. Mm-hmm. It was called Grandma's Babies. Yeah. And they sold infant wear. Can you believe these grandmas are still fucking? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Don Frank's grandma's <laughs> baby, wear. baby wear. This is what my grandma and used to wear. It was, it was all her baby. baby shit. And this is this <laughs> the, this thing this is one of the original things that sparked this whole thing that I wanted to come in to talk to you about the Hollywood Maxwell's corset shop featuring the wizard of bras. Oh, that's nice. Now, Aaron, he, that's he, one of your nicknames. He let, <laughs> I'm a bra burner, dude. Yeah. I think bras are restrictive and, uh, have, um, have really set women back. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm anti-bra. Yeah, I Let those fucking Let heavy go. hangers. Yeah. So your host, Dang. when you'd go into the store, was the wonderful wizard of bras, and he was on a, resvol- on a revolving stage, and he would speak to you through the marvel of tape recorder technology. Wow. wow. What a marvel. Don't miss the authentic Singer sewing machine from around 1860. It's a most unusual and unique part of the display, according to the advanced publicity. And remember to look at all the 3D boxes to see outer and intimate apparel of the past. As you slowly move your head, you'll see the models turn uh, turn of the century attire disappear to reveal their corsets oh, and pantaloons. This is, a this is a Disneyland. Wow. Was, was, there, was there a private booth for this? I do not think so. I think they were like like those <laughs> just like the boxes that you like look in and like turn yeah. the fucking. Wow. Which they had, something like that kind of still exists. They still have those penny arcade machines yeah. Yeah. that you could go and you turn the little thing and you watch like a little. Yep. 10 Pu- second movie Pu- happen. Pu- 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 um <laughs> Sadly, no. I <laughs> wish they used to. Oh, oh, oh. The Disney Smut House. Oh, yeah. dude, there's a. Oh, the Disney, it essentially the, it exists. The it's Disney, the Disney PG Tiki. version of having a porno theater. Yeah. It, it, what it and um, this is the last thing about this that I have here. The Hollywood Maxwell's Intimate Apparel Shop is not just about Victorian past. In fact, half the store is devoted to the latest bras and petticoats of 1955. Mm. This shop lasted until January 1956, which was only six <laughs> months later. God, no one's buying the corsets. <laughs> yeah, how are the pianos doing? <laughs> Org- organs are doing great. <laughs> oh, she showed her keys and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so another thing that uh, existed uh, over in Frontierland, which John is like this, like um, it's it's exactly what it sounds like. Okay. It's Wild West Town. Yeah, cool. There's Tomorrowland, there's Adventureland, Tomorrowland, Adventureland, Frontierland. Frontierland. So Tomorrowland would be futuristic shit. Yeah. Yes. And then what would Adventureland be like? Like jungles. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, they on opening day there was the Jungle Cruise. Nowadays it's still there, but they also have like the Indiana Jones ride. Is Matterhorn. There. Matterhorn is actually, believe it or not, part of Fantasyland, or it exists on the border mm. of Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. Yeah, there's a territory dispute. I think um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a court case ongoing. Uh, it feels like it should be in the, Adventureland because yeah. it's basically about encountering a yeti on well, a mountain. Well, maybe that's the fantasy thing. That that is the that is the fantasy thing. thing. Oh yeah, as if they're not real. <laughs> the, to be continued. The brawls in the, was in my fantasy. <laughs> Land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, how is there not porn in Fantasyland? Right. Um, Just but, a bunch of orcs. So, <laughs> but, 
Oh, I, I like wearing corsets. <laughs> Yo, I'm about to pork that orc, bro. Uh, pork the orc. Oh, no. We were talking about orcs last night, too, weren't we? <laughs> I don't know. We talked about everything, Ken. You said it, neighbor. <laughs> so over in, over in Frontierland on opening day, there was a Davy Crockett Museum uh, located next to the shooting gallery, of course. Uh, and it featured a few little showcases, including an Alamo exhibit featuring life-size wax figures of Fess Parker and Buddy Epson, who were Davy Crockett and Jed Clampett mm. on, on uh, the television show, The Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, okay. Um, and a historical firearms display sponsored by the NRA. What? Historical uh, firearms. That's amazing. Uh-huh. NRA is in Disneyland. Uh-huh. Incredible. Not anymore. Like, but that's in, then that's in Pioneer Town. Oh, uh, yeah. Fr- okay. Yeah. Frontierland. Frontierland. Whatever Sorry. you want to call it. It's fine. It's all the same My shit. friend just visited Pioneer Town. That's why it's in my head. Oh, what's Pioneer Town? I don't... It's like, like on a- the edges of Joshua Tree. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that- oh, oh, okay. Yeah, they got Pappy and Harriet's out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. And there is an actual little Wild West yeah. type. Cool. Yeah. That's fun. And um, a piano store. <laughs> and a piano store. I wonder if the wizard's over there. <laughs> yeah, and an organ donor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, market. Or, it's an organ loaner. <laughs> uh, it also uh, just housed a meet and greet with a Davy Crockett character mm. occasionally. Um, Hi, I'm Davy. <laughs> Okay. Um, so while this next thing is, has nothing to do with Davy Crockett, there was also a nat- an authentic Native American village that was uh, oh. that was located they had men? next to yes, actually no. Believe I, I'm really this is actually a pretty cool thing oh. that Disney had done, except for the fact that it was located at the time next to the Aunt Jemima Pancake House. No, um, oh God, yeah, and don't forget the NRAs in there too. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jesus so Christ, this village Nazis from America's past. The village would um, feature a like a full like dance circle performance. Uh, with a full-blooded Native American chief and in a really surprisingly progressive move uh, from Disney, they would contract a different tribe every six months Mm. to teach the guests about like the various differences Mm. in Native American culture. And it was Um, just before or after the song What Makes the Red Man Red? What's oh, that? I'm sure before, because okay. that's from Peter Pan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Pan's when? 56, 57? I can't remember. Maybe earlier. No, maybe not. Nah, who cares? Uh, we, who, it's a, it's who a really, it's a, it's a racist song for Peter Pan. Yeah, ah. it's, it's, it's huh. a rough section of that movie to get through. And that's why they have their, the advisory warning on Peter Pan on, <laughs> no uh, shit. Disney uh-huh, Plus, on Disney Plus. The warning, oh. racism. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey, it, well, at least they're asking the question. <laughs> what <laughs> makes the red man red? I don't know. They, at least they're... I, Am I am I wrong? <laughs> Anger. Um, so this fire. The, the village was uh, ex- eventually ex- moved and expanded further, but it didn't last that much longer after the, that. The, they they moved. They relocated. They relocated. Well, to what? give them a bigger yeah nicer space to yeah. be able to <laughs> like <laughs> have more guests be able to experience. Yeah, yeah the thing. on fertile um, land, I'm sure. So the, this is. I hate you. I'm uh, so fucking I didn't do it. No, it's very funny what you're doing. I really. Like it a lot because you're saying that they were moving them to another. No, it's a nicer. It's, so it's a bad. special it's place so that we reserve so for bad. you. I, I know you have family buried here, but uh, I know. But he's so yeah. You're... I've got you've got family buried right under the Davy Crockett Museum, <laughs> and I hate to put you further back into but the rivers of America, a... but yeah, the whole thing. We gotta go... put a gift store here, man. <laughs> we gotta put the mercantile. Um, <laughs> This is authentic. We, we're, we're putting a new uh, tram <laughs> through the park. 
We got to put the monorail through here. What are we going to do? Um, Jesus Christ. So the biggest attraction in Frontierland on opening day was a literal mule ride. Hey. Cool. I've never uh, ridden a mule. I've never ridden a mule either. Uh, Let's kick in a time machine. Uh, (laughs) Guess, uh, so groups of 10, each one would get their own mule and be led through a path of like tall rocks and the desert-like conditions of Frontierland. Um, At the height of its popularity, there would be 75 working mules on Disney property a day. Whoa. Um, huh. And this ride, believe it or not, lasted 20 years before yeah, it closed in 1975. Yeah. Um, just to ride some mules around. Right? Just, But I mean, I guess like, I mean, what you think about like the theming that they put in Disneyland, like, you know, so it was like you're going through the desert. Yeah, you're, you're going, going, in, you're going like, into a world, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're entering yeah. a world. You're not just yeah. fucking like taking it around a horse track. Yeah. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I like. I like how raw these ideas are. Like the some of those mules must have bit or kicked somebody. Oh, there's no way. You know? Like it, they had to have. Like, <laughs> so it, yeah. It's so stupid and raw. I mean, raw there's, there was many accounts of like stubborn, like literal stubborn mules that wouldn't want to go. <laughs> anywhere yeah, like they just fucking stop in the middle yeah. of the path and be like no i'm not i'm not gonna continue we're just gonna yeah. we're gonna stop here bam yeah exactly Aaron. they probably um, did that in front of the kids yeah but the mules they work like mules so. yeah and cheap <laughs> yeah you barely pay those guys. and they're infertile uh, <laughs> right. So, I mean, we're not going to get into Fantasyland yet because there's only one thing I want to mention in Fantasyland, and that's going to be the end of this little section. Mm-hmm. I want to go quickly over to Tomorrowland because the shit over there is just mm-hmm. particularly fucking crazy. Because oh. you think about it's the 1955 vision of the future, uh, which, you know, they're they like, by the year 85, we'll have many men on the moon. Uh, many uh, men. Many men on the moon, I was going <laughs> to say. You, you said you were going to uh, do Fantasyland later, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then it just occurred to me that, like, this, you know, this park opened 14 years prior to the moon landing. Wow. Like, space was yeah. still... Space. Compl- yeah, no one had any fucking clue what <laughs> mm. the fuck was up there. Um, Final frontier. So, on opening day in Tomorrowland, there was a free walk through Science Museum called the Monsanto Hall of Chemistry. That's right. Oh, dude. That's right. Yeah. Uh, focusing on the wonders of chemicals and plastics. You're gonna be. They're gonna be inside of you one day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the inside was an exhibit's promo, uh, exhibit promoting Monsanto's creation of various products. Uh, the signature exhibit was called the Chemitron. It was eight tubes, each containing a different basic natural element that would be used to create over 500 chemicals. Uh, this shockingly lasted for 11 years. Wow. Uh, this would then be replaced by another Monsanto-sponsored attraction called Adventures. Through inner space. Monsanto's um, science roundup. <laughs> which then would be replaced by Star Tours, oh, which is still okay. there, yes. which is the Star Wars sim- motion simulator ride. John, I can't believe you'd like. Yeah, we should go. I hate Disneyland, but I'll go. Yeah. Dude, well, when, now when it's, the, they got a, I mean, I don't want to ruin, but like, they got a lot more new shit now that I have not seen. Because last time oh, I was man, you're going to lose your mind with, yeah, yeah. with the, like, with the, the state new, of it now. It's I'm insane. sure I would love it. Um, yeah. You go to California Adventure, you can drink some beer. Oh, we're gonna, gonna, that was the last time I went. Was we're going to talk about California Adventure and the shit show that it was when it first opened because that whole thing feels like phase one California Adventure feels like a fucking fever dream like it makes no sense but we're a long way off from there Um, uh, another insane exhibit at Tomorrowland was the uh, Aluminum Hall of Fame (laughs) 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 I knew that I knew specifically that was gonna get you I knew specifically 
The Aluminium <laughs> Hall of Fame? The Aluminium Hall of Fame. That's how I pronounce it when I'm spelling it out so that I know how I'm spelling it. Aluminium. Now, aluminum uh, has a lot of uses. Here so, are the best things we've ever made with it. So the self-guided uh, tour featured dozens of wild creations all made out of aluminum. Uh, guests were first greeted by the uh, Kaiser, the aluminum pig, who is the mascot for the... <laughs> Kaiser, the Holy aluminum shit. pig? He has a little statue out front, and he would, you know, <laughs> greet guests as they walked in. Hello. Um, uh, he was the mascot alongside uh, a massive telescope that was made out of aluminum. Oh. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, next guests would see the more practical uses for uh, aluminum, such as appliances and building materials. And the final hall was the future of aluminum. Oh. Yeah. Uh, At long last. Finally. The two uh, biggest things here were the time sphere, which was a massively highly polished aluminum sphere that displayed medieval knights, firemen, and astronauts, all wearing aluminum. (laughs) And the other thing was the brightest star in the world of metals, which was a giant metallic glowing star. Mm. Um, Kaiser didn't want to stick around and got out the minute their five-year contract was up. Like what? Are you talking about the aluminum pig? Well, the company that, like the company Kaiser. (laughs) Okay, okay. sorry, yeah, 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 I I thought his name was Kaiser. It is, it is, it is. But it's it's named Kaiser. Kaiser, Kaiser, the aluminum pig. You understand where I'm at? In my head, when you say that, yeah, 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 yeah. I My contract. I mean, you're man. not. I walk Disney. I walk. <laughs> I used to say hello. Now I say goodbye. I also goodbye. think and negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, also, I want to shout out that uh, located in the same building as the Hall of Chemistry and the um, all, the Aluminum Hall of Fame was the Bathroom of Tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> nice. That was built only to be seen, not used. Uh, what? Sadly enough. Yeah. In the uh, future, no one pisses or shit. <laughs> It featured a wide array of modern conveniences. Mm. The fixtures were fixtures were styled by celebrity industrial designer Henry Dreyfus. Uh, I wonder if that's any relation to I Richard. You know, yeah, I wonder if that's like a grandfather Probably. or something. That would be interesting. Um, so, and I'm sorry, they were uh, vibrant citrus yellow, the ones that weren't plated in 24 karat gold. That Good is. Good God! It is uh, Trump's toilet. Yeah. Because this was an unusual exhibit, it called for an unusual dedication. Instead of a formal ribbon cutting, uh, Walt Disney was joined by Dreyfus and Crane Company president Frank F. Elliott for a fun valve-turning ceremony. One of them used the bidet? I can't. In addition to the fixtures, the display also featured ceramic figurines, a pair of sunglasses, a telephone, and even dumbbells for folks who enjoyed exercising while soaking in the tub. What? Oh, they were just figuring out exercise and bathing. You're joking me. I'm not kidding. Exercising in the tub. Yeah. The concept of it. Yeah. Rub a dub dub, baby. It was what was going to happen I'm in the down. future. Like it's the it'll be the future of the it's the bathroom of tomorrow. Yeah. You'll be working out and you'll <laughs> and you'll bomb soap. <laughs> Uh, for you, in your weekly bath, take it from me, the aluminum pig. <laughs> if, if I so, I'm also a toilet. I mean, one big, one big notable thing about this was that it, at the time, it featured state of the art heating and air conditioning, which was ah. not a thing mm. right. yet. Like it wasn't uh, that luxury that it, that anyone had. Like let alone mm. like even the super rich would barely even had air conditioning mm. at this point, right. like good air conditioning, not just like a fucking block of ice in front of a fan. Right, right. <laughs> Little ribbons on the fan. Uh, nice. uh, This is a quote from the brochure, from the handout brochure. Tomorrow's bathroom incorporates the type of heating and cooling, which will make you forget the weather. (laughs) 
Wow. The exhibit was also home to a laundry of the future, which according to <laughs> Crane, only hints at a quote, only hints at a possible attractive settings for a home laundry with Crane materials. Fucking stupid. In addition to all of this, Skess could enjoy a, quote, dramatic story of valves. Oh, of valves? Valves in a teardrop display. And the kids could play with guest-activated faucets located at the exhibit's entrance. Thank God. It was a 20-foot showcase along with uh, its accompanying displays. Actually did give guests a lot of things to look at. Like, believe it or not, it was actually quite an intricate setup. And what's funny is a lot of these things kind of still lived on in a thing called Innoventions in mm-hmm. Disneyland. You might be familiar where they had the House of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, and that was more like 80s, 90s, what that yeah. that decade's vision of the future was going to be. You know, screens are everywhere. Yeah. You'll have video phone yeah. and things like that. But it's also just think about the, 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 the amusement park in general is is – those things where you they give you something to play with right it's not something you experience it's mm-hmm. like much more interactive mm-hmm. is, is interesting What's, what was really even just when it's fucking faucets and water or whatever exactly you know, valves yeah <laughs> um, when I grew up I want to be a plumber <laughs> better <know>. start now <laughs> so uh it's a noble profession it is I mean, there we we there were some uh, rides over in Fantasyland things that you know your typical you know you had your Snow White scary adventures you had like I, I don't know if Pinocchio was opening day but they have like a Pinocchio one there and this ride still remains there to this day you know it you will love it Mr Toad's Wild Ride Hell yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr Toad's Wild Ride is probably the only whisper of true original like Disney insanity yeah, really that's, that's still left. located yeah. in the that's still here is it the surviving Thing? No, well, there's Jungle Cruise. There's okay. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Matterhorn. I don't think Matterhorn was not opening day. I think it was ah, maybe like a couple of years later. I do not mm. believe it was opening day. But um, Senor Toad from the beginning is right on top, and he still exists today. Still exists yeah. today, and it's the the ride has not been changed except for That's given like crazy. cosmetic updates to make it look yeah. nicer. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the the story of the ride, which was Splash Mountain, there opening day. No, that yeah. was actually the eighties. Splash no. Mountain didn't come around. That that it was, was that racist. <laughs> That was Eisner era. Of, oh, uh, of and they and they did change. They they updated that recently, did they not? They're about to. Okay, um, it's still it, racist if we go. Well, they can't. We can't go now. But. Well, I mean, I, don't I think even it's officially like closed, but. closed because like be, I don't think it's gonna come back after COVID. I think they're gonna just use all this time to like, yeah, they have a because ma- they're changing it finally over to Princess and the Frog, and they have a major amount of work to do oh, to, make, to, to make that happen. They're going to mm. rehaul the entire thing. They have to gut the whole fucking right. thing. And it's the most intricately themed thing there. Like, it is really? a wildly immersive ride. It's, yeah. it, uh, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, it's a bummer, it's closing. But it's like, it's there's a little part of me that's like, yeah. oh, I liked the I mean, songs. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you could you could just kind of make it a little less... Racial. I don't even know how it's racist. Uh, it's so it's kind of the same way. The that... Song of the South, yeah. which is oh my god, yeah, yeah. Oh, really. Uncle Jemima's yes. mash liquor type of shit. Um, <laughs> specifically the story. <laughs> That's the volume. Uh, <laughs> specifically the story, uh, the animated segment of Brer Rabbit uh, with Brer Bear and Brer Fox. Okay. Uh, specifically is That's the Splash story Mountain. That, That's Splash yeah. Mountain. That's Splash Mountain was just like a fun water ride. Good. Yeah, time. and you thought I mean, fucking Aunt Jemima was just a lady with syrup, man. Okay, <laughs> we we learned that so, together, did we? Um, thank you. So, Aaron, this will be. Hey, we're all 
We're all learning. We're all doing the best we can. This will be fun for you. So Mr. Toastmaster, I believe it was actually originally conceived as a roller coaster. Um, but because Walt wanted every ride in the park to be able to be ridden by everybody in a family, that was scrapped pretty quickly. Kind of bums me out because mm. uh, it would have been interesting. No it would have been really about, interesting. Yeah. So uh, it was changed over to a dark ride, which John is like um, anything. Like it's a, It would be a slow moving ride that would take you through various show scenes. Got it. So... Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Snow White, Little Mermaid. They right. have all these things now. And you're in um, like a cave haunted, and you're haunted, seeing haunted, haunted, yeah, uh, It's a dark ride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Haunted Mansion is the same way. Haunted Mansion is a dark ride for sure. Pirates of the Caribbean mm -hmm. is a dark ride boat mm -hmm. ride. Um, so it was loosely based on the 1949 film, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, uh, though none of the locations in the ride are seen in the movie mm. ever. Um, the, or none of the locations are from the original book, Wind in the Willows. Um, the ride itself was originally constructed in kind of a circus style, like tent theme carrying through the Walt's mm -hmm. desire to have shit look like a fucking circus. Uh, but it would get changed into the iconic looking toad hall that you would probably recognize mm -hmm. now, uh, in 1982. Toad. Toad. <laughs> toad hall. <laughs> Mr. Toad. Let's go back to Joe Kay's. Go back, to, go back to Joe Kay's old episode to get that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm so excited. We get to say toad a whole bunch here too. Like, no. Even writing this down, it was like, oh, we're going to get to say toad a whole bunch. It's going to be a great callback. Um, so uh, guests would board a buggy uh, named after one of the characters from Wind in the Willows. Like It's like hor like Horsey, Moly, whatever the fuck their names were. Badger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this, so they would be taken on an adventure through Toad Hall, the town center, Winky's Pub, a swamp, a room full of explosives, a chase with the cops, a courtroom, mm -hmm. and maybe the most two controversial scenes in any ride ever they get hit by a train and end up in hell yeah. oh my god yeah you go to hell yeah. still still still, yeah. still. Um, the hell room featured jumping imps. The same judge from the courtroom would judge you as the devil. Uh, and there would be a giant green dragon that would blow smoke on you. Wow. Uh, yeah. Which I, I love the entire implication of the ride because the implication, especially if you've seen the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, he's like driving drunk. That's like the concept <laughs> is that Mr. Toad is fucking gacked out yeah. of his mind. <laughs> Dr like <laughs> uncontrollably driving a car all around the countryside. That's like the movie. Yeah. So in this year, you get in a car, the, the ride you drive, is wild you literally yeah, go through a fucking pub. We drive yeah, sponsored Wink by Matt. <laughs> hey, Winky, I'll have one for the road, pal. <laughs> and you like there's a where it's like you a train's coming at you, and then it goes dark, and then you're in hell. Is it a drunk driving PSA? General like. Is that it what could have? I, I mean, it, I could not no. find any record of it being that. No, back, yeah. back then, man, they everybody were, was doing it. Still yeah. doing it. Everybody you could still. It. They yeah. have a couple of drinks. But also, and drive. I, I just want to say real quick, and I don't, I don't want to derail. You know, no, but no, no, I, there's, no, no, no. there's a thing I think about when you talk about going to hell at the end of it. I think Disney was kind of leaning into a little bit of the uh, fairy tale thing, where like dark things happen in fairy tales. So yeah. like, it was still considered for kids. Yeah, I mean, it you, worked. You, you have with to break gently these things to kids. I mean, through fairy tales, even I mean, there's there's scary still, stuff in in a lot of the classic like, Disney stuff. Across the walkway from Mr. Toad's Wild Ride would be Snow White's scary adventures, mm -hmm. like right. Pinocchio's daring journey, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. these, and they would take them through the whole story of the film. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, like that's so cool. But I'll, uh, you know, especially the early Disney stuff is has scary elements to it. Oh, incredibly, and and they definitely play. I mean. Pinocchio has some horrific shit in it. Mm. Um, 
I mean, it's, it still kind of makes me upset when like the kid turns into the donkey and that's he's just, just crying for his mom. That fucks me. He's up. just like mama, mama. I'm Their like, faces oh my God, turn that's like really upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. It's genuinely upsetting. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, this ride would also open up in the Magic Kingdom in Florida uh, and would last. That That's where I had originally ridden this as a kid. Um, but sadly, they closed it in the mid-2000s to, like, huge backlash. Wow. From, like, the Mr. Toads? Mr. Toads while riding in Florida has been gone for— Oh, they permanently closed it. The, in e- Florida. E- it got that- replaced by the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh in Florida. It's still here. Got we it. still Modern. have it. That's one of the one things that, like, we still, like, we can really lord over the Florida parks is we still have fucking Mr. Toads, so fuck nice. you. Our park's better. Wow. Um, so, and you do believe it's better. Completely. I, yes. The Disney World? It's two completely different things. Like I've Disneyland never, is a one day affair. Like it right. is, you know, it, as as a one day amusement park, nothing can beat Disneyland. As a whole vacation experience, I mean, Disney World is bar none. Yeah. Like you have four parks, two water parks, hundreds of restaurants you can go and try. There's the shopping area with like shows. They have a Cirque du Soleil there. Oh my God. And yeah. Which by the way, they're, they're re they're redoing a new Cirque show down there. That's going to be like the history of Disney animation told oh. through Cirque du Soleil. Holy shit. Wow. Dying to see wow. that when that eventually, when we eventually get to do that again. Um, and then but, we were racist for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and, yeah uh, but this guy's floating. Uh, we re- we had weird depictions of Native American. <laughs> Americans and Asian people for a really long time. Uh, so, um, the the outrage in Florida, in fact, it was so huge that it actually made many local news stations. Like wow. a lot of local news stations were reporting on it. Um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is still operating at Disneyland to this day and remains one of the park's truly most popular attractions, despite it being a ride about drunk driving, running from the cops, and going to hell, getting and dying foundation. and being sentenced to an eternity of hell. Amazing. That is incredible. I had no idea. So that's the weirdness of the opening day of Disneyland. Um, do we? Did you want to? Let's yeah, take a quick we'll, break. Let's take a we'll quick break. Back. And we're back. Ooh, we are back. Yeah, and I'd say we never left. Where, we, where, where are you taking us next, man? Where am I taking? I'm. We're gonna take a trip to Florida now. Florida. We're gonna. We're gonna be talking about Florida for a, a while now. Um, so uh, where we left off, uh, just like a little brief, like in between. Uh, so obviously the park Disneyland had massive success. People were obsessed with it from from jump. People loved it. It made massive amounts of money, and they were able to uh, start looking at plans to open up another park. Uh, originally. They just wanted to do, like, let's just take Disneyland, fucking take everything about it, and just fucking stick it in Florida, the exact same fucking park, which they did. Uh, yeah. The Magic Kingdom, which opened in 1971, um, through, by the way, like, this, I could I could have literally came in here and done a whole fucking episode about the shady land dealings that mm. were I'm, made. I'm doing... Uh, it- doing a research for a profile about just Florida shady land dealings in general. So you're going to definitely come across the Reedy Creek land company when you're looking at some of these things. So basically like uh, the briefest way I could, I could explain it is, uh, Walt Disney, uh, 
and and the company basically created a separate company to buy land in Florida so that no one would know that they were building another mm-hmm. Disney park Dog because <laughs> they were able to get the land for super cheap. Like it was just Florida swampland at the time. Oh yeah, like it was like pennies to be yeah. but if just the gators if they had had any <laughs> whiff swamp. that this was oh the massively successful disney corporation yeah. is looking yeah. for land down here oh it's jeff it's just some guy named jeff mm-hmm. um so anyway so I, I i honestly i really should have gotten the numbers for like the the amount of thousands of acres that were purchased down there i just know it was it was enough land to warrant i think like three different zip codes and having the like wow. establishing <laughs> the city of lake buena vista florida mm-hmm. Yeah. Like to accommodate the amount of land that they bought. Um, so obviously the Magic Kingdom opens, huge fucking success. It's exactly what everybody wants. It's Disneyland on the other coast. Now, it, is it Lake Buena Vista? They, they, they created this city yeah. and they named it Lake Buena Vista. Is that because Disney, Disney is on Buena Vista Street? In probably, Bank? yeah. That I mean, that mm. got to be why. Yeah. Like, it has to be. But it also helps so much with, with, the, with the branding of Florida as California on the East Coast. Which is always what they've gone for. And it's yeah. so and di- wrong. Disney, it's to- totally incorrect. <laughs> and also, bear <laughs> totally in mind, incorrect. nothing that you think of Orlando today existed at the time. Like, there's no Universal. There's mm. no SeaWorld. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no magic. magic things. There's nothing there. So this was like a huge thing to boost the tourism of Florida. Obviously opened up to massive success to where they started talking about uh, doing a second gate. And when I say a second gate, that means a second park. Um, there's now what we would in theme park world say in Florida, there are four main gates and two water parks. Um, huh. The four main gates that are down there are Magic Kingdom, uh, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom are the four that are down there. And then what Florida. are the water parks? Uh, they're called Typhoon Lagoon <laughs> and Blizzard Beach, which is Blizzard maybe the Beach. most excellently themed water park in the country. Now, what's uh, the theme? Snow? Exactly. It's the the concept is it it was a uh, a ski lodge resort that got like hit, no was it it's either it's one of two ways it's either a ski lodge that got hit by like a freak heat wave or it was <laughs> a like a normally like warm place that got hit with a freak blizzard mm. so everything around it's like snow capped everything around it's like it looks like like a ski lodge there's like some a, kind like of comfort tsunami town. there yeah. it's oh god hilarious yeah like the, like the mascot out front is literally a melting snowman yeah. it's oh, kind of hilarious yeah, like, become sharded <laughs> uh, but the thing i want to i want to talk about is uh, specifically I want to get into Epcot because Epcot was uh, it was dedicated uh, to the celebration of human achievement, namely mm-hmm. technology, uh, innovations in technology. And this show is dedicated and to human achievement. Absolutely. Um, and it was also dedicated to international culture uh, and is often referred to over the years as the permanent World's Fair. Uh, the original idea for Epcot was Damn, conceived. That's a brilliant idea, right? Yeah, yeah. It was originally conceived by Walt Disney as uh, the experimental prototype city of tomorrow. That's what Epcot stands for. Uh, it it wow. first was planned to be a complete community uh, that would include urban city center, residential areas, industrial areas, schools, and a series of mass transit that Coal would connect mites. the community. Uh, monorails and people movers uh-huh. was the 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 two, th- which I, essentially like a people mover. It, you used to exist out here the people mover it still exists in florida it's pretty much what it's at it's basically like a tram yeah an, an open air tram okay essentially um and so so when i think of epcot i think of the dome 
But mm-hmm. Epcot is beyond that? Or is oh, well beyond that. Oh, really? Um, By the way, Epcot. I just want... The dome, uh, the big golf ball, as it's been known, is uh, the, the term for it is a geodesic sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, really, just a tiny little fun fact about that. The way it's built... Um, it's able to uh, catch the rainwater and run it off, like in in like the way that all these like triangular grooves. It's able to take the water and divert it away from falling onto guests. Ah, uh, and so it kind of runs down the. It, yeah, it like kind of runs down like over to the sides and cool. like kind of flows over to a, a designated area where the rain could. And that's not... a ride in itself. It is. Yeah. Um, wow. So uh, after Walt's death in 1966, the Epcot concept was all but abandoned as mm. the company had the uncertainty about, like, how could we do this without this man's brain behind it? Like, it's this is all Well, his brain's in there. It's, it's, it's actually that. a really yeah. cool, um, like, TV <laughs> special you can go and watch. You can probably find it on YouTube from the, the TV show The Wonderful World of Disney, where it was... Uh, Walt being like, this is my plans for right. the perfect city that we're that it's the city of tomorrow. Um, excuse me. Uh, so they, I'm going to be referring to this. Uh, there was Wed Enterprises, which was created by Disney, uh, Walter Elias Disney Enterprises, Wed, um, as the Imagineering. Basically, they were the designated parks department mm-hmm. of of. Um, uh, the Disney Corporation. So, Wet Enterprises uh, began developing the idea for a second theme park uh, for the resort uh, to supplement for Magic Kingdom as that park's popularity grew. And the new park maintained the idea of showcasing uh, like modern achievements and innovation through avant-garde edutainment attractions. Could you? Uh, did you? Did you say that uh, Magic Kingdom opened in seventy one? Seventy one. So. Magic Kingdom even opened after Walt died. Yes, Magic, but like that's why really Magic Kingdom just ended up being a carbon copy of Disneyland, right. just bigger with more space to put shit. Yeah, because they were like, the what are we? There. What do we do with Walt gone? Yeah. Oh, well, let's just take the success of well, what they had should, before. They should have asked. Uh, uh, you know the last written words of, of Walt Disney. What were the last written words? I, I Kurt Russell. That's right. That is right. And yes. Kurt Russell was the child actor in Disney movies that Walt was like, he's not intimidated by me and I can find the real opinions of children when mm-hmm. I speak to him. So he would, he would, cons- he would talk to him, like consult him. And uh, it's, 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 it's this bizarre thing I love where he's almost the Charlie to Wonka uh-huh. <laughs> for, for Disney. You know what I mean? I mean? He was in so many things so and then, young. I mean, and, and then he's ego, the uh, living planet. Well, his return to Disney was sky high. Like that was kind of like him coming back to the oh, fold. the superhero high school thing. Severely underrated movie. It is a travesty that mm. thing didn't get three. It was supposed to be a trilogy, and it is a travesty that it never got to see its full life. <laughs> I would truly have a fucking heart attack if they're like, "Oh, by the way, we're gonna go, we're gonna make Sky High two and three. I would fully fucking freak out because I love Sky High. Um, <laughs> they should do Twenty One Jump Street Sky High. That'd be yeah. cool. They, That'd be cool. Be- <laughs> I get it. I get what you're. Yeah. I, I smell what you're stepping in. Thank uh, you. <laughs> or with Method Man, uh, 
Oh, oh yeah. Sky How High. Yeah. Right? How's, so, how's Sky High? aside from the edutainment attractions, there would be uh, the addition of a World Nations exposition there as well. Uh, the newly designed park featured two sections, the Future World and World Showcase, opening as Epcot Center in 1982. Um, like I said, after, Walt, after Walt's death, Walt Disney Productions decided that it did not want to be in the business of running a city without Walt's guidance. Uh, so the model community of Celebration Florida is based on the concepts of Got it. the idea of what Epcot was supposed to be. Mm. Um, a celebration kind of runs it. They have their, it's like their own. Thing. It's their own everything. Yeah, yeah. Like their own school system, their stores, fire department. But then, And they also have this very Floridian thing of uh, taking your trash cans immediately. Like they're right. very strict it's about the way people live the, there. Right. Housing rules, what are those called? The HOA? HOA. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like. No, it's yeah. It's much. Yeah. You don't like want to live millions. Also, yeah. Yeah. bear in mind, most of the people that live in Celebration are employees yeah. of the Disney yeah, okay, parks. That like that is a trip. Yeah, like these. You know, like I follow a couple of people that like work in the stunt shows down there, and they live in Celebration. Wow. So, um, and everything I, I, is fine. <laughs> and everything is fine. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, I like to think that I live in Celebration. All land deal I shit. Have a little Celebration in my mind. <laughs> Sorry. They iron the flags and stuff. Wow. It's kind of that kind of thing. I think one of our friends lived, he worked at in at, at Disney in Florida, uh, Adam. Oh, yeah? And I don't think he lived in Celebration, but he did live, we'll have to ask him, but he did live in some sort of cast housing out there. Oh. Uh. And the rules were very strict. Really? And somebody narked on him for smoking a joint and he got kicked out. Yeah, what? no shit. So... <laughs> So uh, we have so much. I'm, okay, sorry, I'm, please, I'm jumping I'm sorry. right no, back in. Jump in. Um, I, I lost my place, but I'm good now. Uh, so the like I said, the idea of uh, Epcot was kind of seen out through celebration, but it kind of like abandoned the futurist. Like mm. it's the city of tomorrow. It literally just looks like an idyllic town. Yeah. So they, uh, they split his idea up into the center and then to the town. Into the town. Um, but the idea of Epcot was. Complete was instrumental in prompting the state of Florida to create the Reedy Creek Improvement District and this and two cities of Bay Lake and Reedy Creek that is now known as Lake Buena Vista. Um, it was an, a legislative mechanism that allowed Disney to have complete government control oh. over Walt Disney World. Uh, is sounds completely terrifying because it is. Um, <laughs> so uh, because the idea of of Epcot itself was never fully implemented. Disney remained uh, the sole landowner of the districts, allowing it to maintain control of the Reedy Creek Industrial uh, Improvement District, I'm sorry, and the cities of Bay Lake and Lake Buena Vista. And Disney further cemented this control by de-annexing celebration from the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Uh, now we're back to the fun, I promise. That was all land deal shit that I just needed to get land out of the way. Deals. So do they have their own, uh, like, mayor? I don't know. But they, no, I need to look more into the that's something that's enigma Patreon. that is celebration. We'll do it on celebration. Patreon. We'll do it probably, on, yeah, yeah. They probably I, have a hoss. <laughs> a hoss. <laughs> they do. They do. So the park consisted of the two main areas, each divided into multiple pavilions: the Future World and World Showcase. The World Showcase would feature uh, pavilions based on eleven different countries uh, from around the world, including Mexico, Norway, China, Germany, Italy, uh, the U.S., Japan, Morocco, France, the U.K., and Canada. Hmm. Uh, each celebrating the cultures of their respective nations. Uh, one cool thing about the World Showcase that they still do to this day is everyone who's employed in the various different countries are from these countries of origin. That's- 
Uh, so Morocco that are re- that are there to I'm mean, obviously work and do whatever, but also are really good at like educating guests if they have any questions. And is it about- still just eleven? Still just 11. Okay. Um, there's been, there was always talk for there to be a, like a Brazil pavilion. Yeah. A Brazil pavilion no was something that was always on the but table. Definitely not Israel. For a fa- <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right, Aaron. That's exactly right. They were also going to do a pavilion that was just the broad term Africa. <laughs> oh, God. No. Then, no, that's good. I'm not kidding. That's really good. Oh, it's still, it's still sort really of exists because now there's, really fucked up. there's an in-between pavilion that's called the African Outpost oh. that is just like a gift st- stand. A tent. Um, but actually, that 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 idea of that pavilion actually got to be seen through in Animal Kingdom. But oh. down there, oh. wait, 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 wait. Before you freak <laughs> out, down there, it's they have. Asia, Africa, like it's it's split into continents got rather it. than uh, countries. Okay. So got it. But I was gonna say I know how bad that was gonna <laughs> sound. But I was like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, it's actually stunning, well done, gorgeous. Sure, like I mean, sure. it is gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous section. Um, and over in uh, Future World, uh, Epcot uh, debuted with six original pavilions: uh, Spaceship Earth, which is the the golf ball, uh, a ride and exhibit that would take guess on the uh, history of communication uh, the wor- in the world. Um, <laughs> you know, from fa- from smoke signals up to... Yeah. Rumor. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the you medium. Which is the medium. <laughs> um, there was Communicore, which would house rotating exhibits on cutting-age technology, uh, imagination, the land, universe of energy, and the world of motion. Mm. Uh, the Horizons Pavilion was added the following year in 1983, the Living Seas in 1986, the Wonders of Life in 1989, which was a health and wellness pavilion. Wow. Cool. So each pavilion was sponsored by a different corporation, which severely helped in the funding of construction. Well, that seems to be like the 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 modus operandi of all of this. Yeah. I don't know. Is, is that the right phrase? Uh, it's just like you get these corporations to pay for yeah. these exhibits. Because we have to all just remember that Disney was not this multi-billion yeah. dollar corporation yes, that yes, we know it yeah. to be now. Like nowadays, they don't need these corporate sponsors. Right. They these own parks. them all. <laughs> they, um, they own them all. And the um, very interesting thing too is that uh, with this guy that just stepped down from Disney and then the, it was took the, it back. It was, did he take it back? Yeah. But they they elevated in the meantime the guy from the parks division. Yeah, Bob yeah. Iger, who yeah. I was really, I was at first really wary about that decision because he is very like corporate brained, and if you actually besides the parks, which he's done some really cool things at, the only major moves he's made at the company in his uh, tenure has been acquiring other properties, mm. Lucasfilm, Simpsons, Simpsons, Marvel. Like these are all Bob Iger deals. Uh, so they were. I mean, they're important deals. They're important they're, yeah. deals. So I'm not. I'm not yeah. uh, discrediting any of them. I'm just like I yeah. was at first. Mm. Like, how does this help mm, the park? How does this help the parks? Yeah. Right. Because I, I mean, Michael Eisner, who we're going to talk about a lot in the rest of this, like he gets he was a like 25, lot of 30 flat. years of running. He gets a lot of. He gets a bad rap for at Disney, and I do not understand why because he made some seriously bold and interesting weird mm. decisions because yeah. he just he saw the world uh taking in entertainment in different ways and he was like well we just need to we, we need Adapt. to keep moving forward yeah. we need to keep moving forward we need to get 
not this place can't just be for kids and adults. We need to like start appealing to teenagers, which mm-hmm. was a huge thing like mm-hmm. of, of Eisner's tenure at Disney was making the parks appealing to everyone between the ages specifically because everything for kids and adults was already there. It was, yeah. what are we going to do about like the 12 to 17? Right. They can't crowd. just go smoke cigs. It's Coney Island. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we have designated smoking areas for that. Oh, um, well, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Do, really? That's something that <laughs> I really don't tobacco need. Tobacco indoor not, pavilion. You do not need to get me on a diatribe about the fact that there's no more smoking yeah, areas yeah. in Disney parks. Yeah. I'm going to flip the fuck out. So first and foremost, Can before you we get into, no, I know. First and foremost, before we get into like the absolute true weirdness, I just want to like bring up the uh, spaceship Earth again, like the the design for it, the geodesic sphere, as well as the writing for the ride. The original script was uh, d- was designed by and written by Ray Bradbury. Hey, whoa, whoa really? Uh, which yeah, 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 yeah. So the original he was touched by a circus man. Was he really? Oh yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Not, not physically. Not like physically. But maybe physically. Oh, no, okay. yeah. Okay, I see. Maybe what you're you hugged. Saying. Him. Okay. Uh, so he helped the, write the original storyline, which was originally narrated by Vic Perrin, then Walter Cronkite in 1986. <laughs> no shit. Jeremy Irons in 1994, Jeremy, right. no. which was the one I remember growing up with. Uh, and currently, since 2007, Judy Dench. Cool. Wow. Oh. No Jeremy Irons. Uh, I just really, I, I just want to bring that up because, like, I love the fact that Ray Bradbury yeah, like, yeah, had an in creating a Disney attraction. Yeah, totally. So fucking He's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so Communicore uh, that I mentioned earlier was the hub of Epcot Center. Uh, This being the dawn of the modern computers, the emphasis of the pavilion was to educate guests on just that. The strangest of these exhibits uh, was a little show called A Studer Computer Review. The show was to be in a large room that appeared to be a control station displaying some of the computer systems that would control Epcot, with the audience located on like an elevated platform looking down like through like glass window panels uh, into this control room. The uh, The show was about 10 minutes long and it featured cutting edge projection technology similar to something called, it's called Pepper's Ghost, which is used in the Haunted Mansion, which is to m- make the appearance that like um, an ethereal, like a ghost-like figure can mm-hmm. be wow. like in a room with you. It's just, it's basically, it's mirrors and lights. Yeah. The Haunted Mansion is, is really great. I mean, it's yeah. truly, which I mean, sidebar on that, that actually originally, the idea of that was like a house of curiosity. Cities uh, that then evolved into what we know as the Haunted Mansion. Mm. Um, so, uh, this Pepper's Ghost technology was used to make a small one foot sized man uh, dance across the computers in this control room. Twin Peaks. Uh, <laughs> and through song and the show explained the daily functions of Epcot and how like everything is controlled by these computers, like the lights, the sounds, everything, even me, the tiny even man. Me. <laughs> so for many guests in 1982, this very well could have been the very first time they ever saw a computer, like let alone something of this grand what, scale. What year did you say? 82. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about like the average American tourist going sure. to yeah. Disney World in Florida. They don't know what a fucking like right. com- a giant control room computer. And then they go looks back like. to bumfuck Arkansas and they're like, "I saw a computer." Yeah, the last thing they saw with the computer was probably Kurt Russell in <laughs> the computer wore tennis shoes. <laughs> so the the it also the show also featured like I said it featured a great song uh, written by Disney legends the Sherman Brothers who they wrote. 
everything. You, they they did all the like you know them the mostly. The song of the south, <laughs> march to the south. You know what them makes the red man red for writing all the music to Mary Poppins. Hey. Like, that is maybe the oh, most really? famous thing you would know them for. Are but they like, weirdos? That sounds like a good Patreon. Are they weirdos? <laughs> they <laughs> they're brothers might, and they wrote I mean, Disney songs. Honestly, they they could be a really interesting profile to look okay. into. They yeah. they could be because I mean they mostly wrote like theme park music yeah. and they exclusively like would write for Disney. And like, they were also their mother. <laughs> <laughs> So these are the lyrics to the computer song from a Studer computer review. We're going to blow through these. You see, my friends, the computer makes life easier, saves me time and headaches, too. He sorts things out and analyzes in a shake. My enormous problem to him's a piece of cake. He's got a great big memory like an elephant, utilizes knowledge without end. That's why I'm a rooter for me, computer. Everybody needs a friend. Um let hmm. me let me explain. To keep on top of accommodations, record and update reservations, coordinate telephone operations, and help plan energy conservation. There's really a great financial device. Payroll services kept provide huh. precise. They protect attendance and give advice on personnel, food, and merchandise. Wow. These keep these keep on going. Yeah, this is a Paul McCartney stole that for temporary secretary. Absolutely did. <laughs> oh wow, nice. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> fucking around. Me and you. <laughs> um, so this show it lasted until 1984 and was replaced by a similar but less musical show called Backstage Magic, which closed in closed in 1993. Still hasn't been. That's just a bad name. It doesn't <laughs> sound interesting. Yeah, backstage it, it, Magic. Yeah, what are they? What's the, the backstage ca- casting couch shit. <laughs> yeah. That's- so speaking of weird shows, we're going to take a little walk over to the Imagination Pavilion, okay. uh, more popularly known for eventually housing the ride Journey into Imagination with Figment, the little purple dragon that you may you may have seen over the year. I mean, you obviously there's always a Kaiser idea. pig for all these. It's great. Yeah. There's always yes. a mascot. Yeah. Um, but it started off housing a little uh, show called Magic Journeys, a 3D film. So it was directed by Murray Lerner, who would go on to uh, direct things like The Amazing Journey, The Story of the Who, as well as film many live concerts from the Isle of Wright Festival, oh, specifically yeah. in 1970. Sets including Jimi Hendrix, Jethro Tull, Miles huh. Davis, The Doors, Leonard Cohen, The Moody Blues, and Joni Mitchell. Nice. Uh, it also featured music written by the Sherman Brothers. Magic Journeys looked into the world through the eyes of a child. Now, I'm going to explain the little the scenes that would happen in this film. It just means short person. Truly insane. Mm. So the film started with children running through a meadow and looking at clouds. Someone blows on a dandelion and the seeds then flow away, turning into stars and then into the sun. Next, the kids were seen flying a kite at the beach. The kite then turned into a bird, a fish, and then a school of fish, a flock of birds, bird wings, a pegasus, a horse, and then finally into a merry-go-round. While the children rode the carousel, they began reaching for the brass rings spinning next to the carousel. The carousel spins around the moon and bats fly out past the uh, past the riders. Oh, this is when the acid trip goes bad. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. The moon becomes a witch, a mask, an Olmec head, and more until turning back into a cat. A boy reaches out to the cat, and then it turns into a sphinx, which then in turns uh, into a lion jumping through a hoop at the circus. Trapeze artists and acrobats fly through the air and several clowns amuse the children. Oh boy. Balloons rain down on the children as the camera pulls out to show the whole circus is a playset being observed by a child. Oh my god. The house, Dude, the I, was, child, I was enthralled by, the way, by that entire thing. By the way, <laughs> there's, there's still more. A, there's still more. B, you can watch this on YouTube. Oh, this hell easily yeah. findable on YouTube. Okay. Uh, the boy then uh, um, We got shrooms. The, <laughs> I feel like I just did them. 
So the child that's observing is also is in a house full of toys of the various things we've seen in the previous scenes. Uh, the boy then walks around, walks towards a galactic-looking light. A magician appears in front of the children oh, no. and begins doing tricks. The magician oh, then pulls the boy from out of his hat. That's DMT right there, huh? <laughs> the boy then tumbles out of the hat and through the infinite abyss of space. That's terrifying. As he flows through the galaxy, we see it's all inside the eyes of the boy as we return to the scene of him blowing on the dandelion and the children run off into the meadow. Oh, the yeah. entire experience, including the pre-show, would run about 20 minutes long and ran until about 1986 when it was replaced by Captain EO, starring Mike. Michael Jackson. What? Which was... You never saw Captain... You don't know you Captain never, EO. You don't know Captain okay, EO. wait. So Captain EO was written and directed by Francis Ford Coppola. No. And at the time John. was the most expensive movie ever to be shot for a theme park at, I think, at a budget of like 20 or $30 million. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was the reason above any other... To go. To go. I mean... Wow. I Captain mean, EO's for, sick, for me, man. For me. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah, having gone mean, the first time and saw Captain E, I was like, and just later in life, I learned to appreciate it more. I'm like, oh, there's I they're would, saving a space queen, saves a played by Angelica Houston. It's and an it's 3D. Oh, it's, wow, uh, it's incredible. That's, and it was also like one of the first things to incorporate the idea of like 4D technology. Yeah, like, like the wind, the chairs move, really kind of would shake. And, and what like, year is that? That was '86, and it uh, went to like '99 or something. And Captain Neo was also eventually replaced once again by Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, which was a. Uh, it was Honey, it? I Shrunk the Kids. It's exactly what it sounds no like. No way. That's why it someone was, punched Rick Moranis. It's Rick time. Moranis. <laughs> it's, you stole uh, Captain Eo. No, what's his name? Wayne Zielinski, yeah. I think is his name. Wayne Zielinski. You're, you're at like a science expo fair and He's the shrink ray accidentally shrinks the audience. Wait, that's the one in Florida. That was in Florida. Oh, I, I, I think I, ca I Captain Eo at Disneyland, I think, got replaced by something. Well, now it's, I mean, for the longest time it was like, Star Wars, The Path of the Jedi. Right. Mm. And then, like, it came back okay. after uh, Jackson passed away in and 2009. Then they, and they took it away after that HBO documentary came out. Right. <laughs> no, it actually did. It only was, it was only supposed to be there for like a limited engagement oh, to like really? celebrate. I mean, this, I'm, I'm talking about the, the when they brought it back. Yeah, after I know. He I know. Died. It was only supposed to be there for like a few months right. to be like, let's, you know, celebrate the life of Michael Jackson and ended up staying around for like a year and a half. Yeah. Wow. Like, people it's were literally coming back yeah. to Disneyland to yeah. be like, oh, Captain EO's here again. Oh my God, we got to see it. Yeah. I it was, know. It's kind of like Moonwalker. It's kind of one of those things. Dude, where, I like, watched that a lot as a kid. I know you did. Because it's got Joe Pesci. Yeah. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. I would love to see Captain EO again. I got to pee again. Yeah, I'm hey, so hey, sorry. Hey, do it. A hot break. And we're back. <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> I had to take yeah. another piss. Yeah. Hey, man. Just you piss gotta everywhere. do it. You gotta pee. When you gotta piss, you gotta, you gotta piss. give the people what they want, man. We want that pee-pee. That toilet wants that pee-pee. <laughs> give me that pee-pee. <laughs> give me that pee-pee. <laughs> hey. It'll bite you too. Look off. who's talking. That's yeah. Yeah. Who's talking. We did a We did a media event. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You did. Yeah. You did. Bite your tuck us off. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Yeah. So we're gonna... 
We're going to go over to the next pavilion that was there. Uh, Let's take a stroll over there. Epcot. Let's take a little Let's stroll. Let's get on a people mover. Let's take a little yeah. uh, stroll right Movement. over the, to the next door pavilion, The Land. Uh, the Land was a pavilion that was dedicated uh, to the humans' interaction with Earth focusing on agriculture. Uh, the pavilion was, of course, sponsored by Kraft uh, uh. and featured a boat ride that at the time was called Listen to the Land, now known as Living with the Land. Uh, the ride began with a stylized look at the growth of a plant, uh, like from from seed to blood, like the gorgeous, like art thing. Um, and then they would be, guests would be taken on a boat through artificial biomes, uh, representing a rainforest, the desert and the American prairie. And then the boat would give a tour of the large onsite outdoor greenhouse hydroponics lab, uh, and showing crops and animals cultivated for use at Epcot. Uh, many of the plants grown in the greenhouse would actually be used in dishes at one of Epcot's many, many restaurants. Wow. Um, and would eventually, cool. when the uh, the Living Seas would open as a, a pavilion in 86, uh, the fish that would be cultivated there were being served in the restaurant oh, right next door. Oh, you think the kids were horrified? It was, I mean, maybe, but also, I mean, like, I always, even as a kid, found it, like, so cool and fascinating that yeah. they had this, like, like yeah, all of this was just being grown right here mm -hmm. and they're using yeah. it in the restaurants. Like, and it's all been like, it's all farm connected. To table. It was, it truly was like OG farm to table. Yeah. Um, I think OG Farm Table. <laughs> it wasn't in a golf well, ball you know that could be teed off to Mars. Yeah. You know what I mean. Oh, shut up. You know what I mean. I yeah, I think, yeah, OG Farm Table was like the uh, concept the of we grew it and now it's in our restaurant. Yeah, a no. farm's not a restaurant, Aaron. I but you have a table. Yeah, I got, hey, you want a table? I'll get you a table. Um, <laughs> I always like picking out the lobster, one at of, Red Lobster. Like, I want that one. The, I never got it. The, <laughs> the, the, the main restaurant that I want to like bring up that they would send like the crops and the stuff to was uh, right upstairs of this ride. It was called The Good Turn, and it was a rotating restaurant oh. that would like give guests a view of like some of the show scenes in the ride as well as the inside of the greenhouse. I ate there once. Fucking cool. Yeah, that's uh, always good. It really depends on where it is. Though. I, I did that once in Montreal. And that was cool. You but did what? The a rotating, rotating restaurant. restaurant. It was like a tall tower in Montreal. It was like, oh, that's neat. But it depends on the city. It's not like Sheboygan. You know? <laughs> sure. It depends on how fast it's going. Damn it. <laughs> it's Sheboy. Um, the ride also featured like a hell of a banger of a song called Listen to the Land. And I'm wondering if it's going to be able to get picked up by the sound here. Yeah. You can turn the mic towards it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't. Or bring the laptop towards the mic. I'll. Yeah, there you go. You'll grow to see yeah. the sunshine on your day of birth. Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land. Listen to the land. Let's listen to the land. And the this good is John. folks at Monsanto is, will spray it down. I gotta say, <laughs> I really do love that song a lot. And that's John yeah. Prine and Mac Wiseman? It's actually Robert Moline. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, John Prine, rest in peace also. Learn that one for you. I, I knew you were going to come and ask, who's, who's saying that one? What weird, obscure folk artist are you going to bring up? I don't know. I'm John like, Fahey. No, this one. <laughs> John Fahey. There's not, not a lot of guitar in uh, John Fahey. The ride, that ride is still operating in Epcot to this day and Ooh. remains one of like the early, like one of the only... Breaths of the true weirdness of Epcot. Like, now they grow hydroponic weed just like shit. fucking have a boat ride of like, here, let's take a tour of a greenhouse for Very 17 good. minutes. It's pretty cool. That is cool. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, so I, I think it's, a, it's one of those things. It's important for 
just gets it was, to see that. It was like, that's the thing. And what mm-hmm. kind of why I like, I grew up loving Epcot the most and it feels like such a loser thing to be like, <laughs> I loved the park where I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah, also sure. getting to like ride rocks. Living in the city. Also, also yeah. you know, putting something in kids where it's just like, Hey, you know, listen to the fucking land. Yeah, it's, it really, it's an environmentalist thing that we need more than ever. You yeah. know and what I mean? Like they, they really, and they do hammer home like in that ride that like, we are living in a delicate, yeah, delicate balance of everything, and we need to put ourselves in check. Which is like weird for some a company like Disney to be putting out there. Like, especially when you think of who they are now. Yeah. Oh. Um, but <laughs> you know, I mean, there's they're they are so big and uh, have so much influence, and they, and they had so much influence. Like, I think you know now you're starting to see the generation that grew up with. Like say right. Epcot, yeah, they're starting to be in charge of shit, and so yeah, you're, I, mean, I think, like, I think I mean, you're gonna see the generation of people that grew up with stuff like that kind of edutainment or like right. the city of tomorrow and what the future could be stuff. You're gonna start seeing some of those things to come to fruition. Like you're gonna start seeing like you know the buildings that are also gardens, and you're gonna start seeing more use of hydroponics and outside of the box thinking in the way we do agriculture. And that's not just because of fucking Disney, but I don't think it hurt. No, definitely. No, sure, yeah, I think you're right. Um, Speaking of of the uh, of strange edutainment, strange. Uh, the land also featured what may be one of the strangest shows that was ever in any Disney park, let alone Epcot. Not, not even just in in uh, in a Disney park, in entertainment in general. This is one of the weirdest live shows that was ever conceived. Uh, located right across the way, it was uh, helmed by Imagineer Roly Crump. Roly Crump. Roly Crump. Love that name. Uh, it was called Kitchen Cabaret. Kitchen Cabaret was a 13-minute audio animatronic show that sought to teach the audience about good nutrition and eating in moderation. <laughs> Three young Imagineers, Jeff Burke, a figure who had worked on the Country Bear Jamboree. A, mm. He was a uh, figure designer. Uh, Scott Hennessy, who wrote the script, and Steve Kirk, who was an illustrator and a figure creator. Uh, the show was definitely a product of the sponsor, Kraft. Uh, at wow. the time... Uh, good nutrition was broken down by the USDA into four food groups, mm. fruits and vegetables, dairy, protein, and grains. This is beef. This is pre food pyramid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and the attraction was built around this concept. Uh, the show featured fully built animatronics of various food characters. You rode around in a macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. Oh, okay. No, this was just, it was just a show. It was uh, okay. uh, just a plain old audio. <laughs> I'd like to say plain old, uh, plain old audio animatronic show, yeah, yeah. but it's like I, uh, giant size carton of fucking milk. Yeah, this um, isn't your Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> it's macaroni and cheese. <laughs> uh, so at the time of Epcot's opening, it was the only show that had like any semblance of what was offered over at the Magic Kingdom, like, you know, cartoonish, yeah. uh, audio animatronics. Um, there was a main stage in the center with two smaller stages off to the side uh, with our main character, our host, whose name was Bonnie Appetit. Oh. <laughs> yep. Who, uh, she was a cartoonish woman who yeah. was not excited to plan another meal. What? Mm. What am I going to Another meal do? again? How am oh, I going to eat? So honestly, I kind of feel that. I just want to vote. I, <laughs> like, you're hungry and you're like, oh, what the fuck yeah. am I going to make? I got to feed these I got to fucking... make something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> This is so the main stage was set in Bonnie's kitchen, uh, her husband's kitchen. (laughs) The first song was sung by her, very like, What am I gonna do? How am I gonna? (laughs) I hate you. Uh, 
the second song was sung by the cr- the kitchen crackpots, uh, who were, they, they were they were pots and pans. Uh, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, no, they, weren't the, they weren't the pots and pans. The kitchen crackpots uh, were the condiments, the various condiments oh, that we sang, uh, featuring craft brand packaging, mm-hmm. of course. So uh, the group, uh, what, where was it? It was like mayonnaise, barbecue sauce, mustard, and ketchup. I think were the were the four. were they different races. <laughs> you know what's sad, Aaron? I wish I could tell you. I do not know. <laughs> what's sad well, is I that mean, it might be possible they all. Well, the barbecue sauce was from down here. <laughs> I'm the mayonnaise. So next up would be the first of four main acts. Uh, uh, what the makes the one? ketchup man red? <laughs> The first act Anger. <laughs> the first act would be Mr. Dairy Good and the stars of the Milky Way. Oh. Mr. Dairy Good was a milk carton and his backup singers were women? Question mark? <laughs> Gender's fake. Named Miss Cheese, Miss Yogurt, and Miss Ice Cream. Well, gender is um, fluid. The so. song was done in a very like 30s style. Um, so next up would be the serious blackface. Oh, so, oh, the milk. Next up would be the cereal <laughs> sisters, sorry. which were packaged goods, oats, wheat, and corn, uh, and a loaf of bread that could shred on the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, this is a line from shred Bonnie Appetit. This is my favorite line of the show. Uh-huh. I'll get together with the toast of the town for a jam <laughs> session. Oh, Jesus Christ. A jam no, session. That's nice. I mean, that's great. That's I mean, nice. you can't, we all want to kill ourselves when we hear puns, but like, dude, I'm I mean, about it. I'm about <laughs> it. I'd love all right, this is a jam. Uh, next up was <laughs> ham and eggs. The, watch me for the eggs. Next was ham and eggs. Exactly what it sounds like. It was a big fucking spiral ham hock and eggs. Nice. <laughs> they they sang a thing. Um, the last song was the main song that every that if you saw the show would stick in your brain. It was called Veggie Veggie Fruit Fruit, and uh, it was sung by the attraction's unofficial mascot, Mr. Broccoli. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Uh, finally, there was a medley of all the songs sung by everyone. Uh, at no point in the show did anyone tell Bonnie how to plan a meal, and at no point were any recipes given, but it was good fun. That's why she's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> There's no end to the story. <laughs> um, Nestle took over in 1993 fuck of the sponsorship them. of the pavilion, yeah. and some changes were made. Yeah, <laughs> fuck them. For instance, the condiment crew, uh, Mr. Mayonnaise, was replaced with a tomato sauce and the barbecue sauce with a salad dressing. Hmm. No discernible reason and why. And they charge you for the water. <laughs> uh, Your the, water. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Kitchen Cabaret had switched over to their new show in 1994. This is the one I grew up with called Food Rocks. <laughs> Yeah, now, in the future, you're all going to be now, eating food, food rocks. rocks. <laughs> now, Food Rocks oh, food is cool. was basically themed around like a rock and roll benefit show about good nutrition. Oh, okay. uh, hosted by your your favorite. His name is Food Rapper, uh, voiced by Tone Loke. Yes! No! Yo. <laughs> Yo, this fucking food is <laughs> off the chain, bro. Hey, Yo. welcome to the kitchen, man. Oh, my God. Yo, Yo this nutrition is so, no joke. It was only it was supposed to be like a hipper version of the show. Cause like Kitchen Cabaret was very like, we're gonna do 30s, 40s, 50s, like old yeah. style kind of like cabaret act yeah. music. So they brought um, like straight up gangster rap into the food, right? Not quite. You, uh, I really <laughs> Have you wish. To Tone Loke? <laughs> I know he's not. Um, so but- this only opened two months after Kitchen Cabaret closed. So they had a massively quick turnaround on this, um, and it would. I mean, if 
that, that time piece? frame gives you anything that gives you an indication of the quality of this show. Right. It was not uh, good. I see. Um, the show itself featured... I heard a beep too. I heard beep beep beep. Some music. Oh there. yeah. What's that? Camera? Oh yeah, good call. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Stop. Oh yeah, you're just sitting right next to it. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> Should I stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just pause for a second. Sorry. Hey, we just you know No, I'm sorry. Have, me, you know? I know it's like challenging to get through a profile with a bunch of idiots tripping at you. We understand that. You guys you do it every day. No, I do it all the time. <laughs> we're, the, we're the ones that do it to each other, but I'm just I saying I just feel back as like I'm like, oh my god, there's so much we need to talk I know, I know. <laughs> that, yeah, I know. that is your your job is to shut us up with okay. your stories. Okay. So I'm okay. just saying I'm apologizing, but th- that's the show. <laughs> No, I know. I, I know, know what the I show know you know. is. I know. But like, I mean, the last time yeah. was like, you know, I, I it's nowhere you near as shit. much as. Of course. Of course. Like last time I really knew how much you guys were going to riff on some of the shit that I had oh, to bring yeah. out. Like, I just knew that it yeah. was like. What is that? It's, what it, it's the GoPro? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, GoPro. Yeah. GoPro or go home, bro. Yeah, go home. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm just yeah. I just wanted to say sorry, but also you are in control. We will shut up. Okay. Okay. You just give me. You just give me a point when you're ready for me to. Sure. One second. I was also gonna tell you some lie. You know, there's a hall of presidents, right? In Florida, yeah. No. There's one in. No. 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 Not not here. Not really. No. I think we still have great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Oh, that's right. Because I, I, I specifically remember. Yeah, at the time when that had opened, the Lincoln animatronic was the most advanced thing that anyone yeah. had And that's ever why they seen. made Diz do the step. That's mostly, why Stepwise was Disney. Mostly because it was an animatronic that was able to go from this. It stepped up out of a chair. Right. Able to get up and address the audience. And that was like. And yeah. now there's the whole. It was like, he's going to fuck us all. Oh, God. <laughs> They've won. <laughs> Now there's a whole hall, and they had they, there's a Donald Trump one. Yeah, he doesn't speak though. You're joking. That's actually the only. It's actually the Donald Trump animatronic. There actually broke the recent tradition of uh, the Hall of Presidents that would have whoever the current sitting president was would make a speech at the end. No shit. And now it's. I think they it go it's. Because it would be like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and then like yeah. whoever the current sitting president yeah. was. Yeah, and then what's he going to be like, uh, uh, the fucking Biden man. should be in jail. <laughs> like, what's he going to get up Drink hot bleach, losers. This is a wonderful there's, place. There's, I love the Disney there's, Corporation. There's, there's, They're a wonderful, wonderful place for like, me to be. We can't, we can't say there's ever been anything remotely resembling an inspiring speech from Donald Trump. Not one. Ever. Ever. I mean, unless you count the time he told us Mexicans were rapists. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think we're good. Okay. Do you need to pee again? No, no, no. I literally was just getting up to crack my back. Oh, okay. Do you want to pee again? I would love to, but... Me too. Wasn't the Trump animatronic, uh, it was just Hillary? You can actually (laughs) tell that they had had an animatronic for Hillary Clinton ready to go. And they had to (laughs) scramble and... They had to trump it up. They had to to make its tits bigger. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm doing that to... No claps? No, I'm good. We're good. We're good. Get myself to come back in. Okay. Can I start? Oh, no, you start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so like I was saying, uh, 
Food, uh, Food Rocks had replaced Kitchen Cabaret was supposed to kind of be like a more hipper version of it, but only opened two months after it closed. Uh, the show itself featured 12 songs in under 12 minutes. Ooh, nice. So it's, like it would, a, it's like a punk record. Grindcore. Uh, it's like the a show, album. <laughs> the show would be interrupted throughout by Excess, a junk food heavy metal band that hated good nutrition. <laughs> That's pretty cool. The songs were still about nutrition, but were now based on popular songs by actual bands. The fake bands uh, included the Peach Boys, uh, Chubby Cheddar, Mm. (laughs) and the Refrigerator Police. Nice. (laughs) Um, And none of these are uh, hip hip artists. Um, I mean, Chubby 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 Checker. The Beach Boys, Chubby Checker, and the Police. Those are pretty. For 1994. No, eight eighty. Six you said the oh, food no, rocks? Wait, 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 wait. Yes, you're right. 94. 94. 94. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, whatever. It's fine. It's, it's for good. It's one of those things of like, it's supposed to be for, for everyone. Everybody. That's right. right. Chubby right. Checkers for your mom. The yeah. police is for your dad. The, the, uh, the police boys are for, for your dad. Mm-hmm. I wish he was. Um, so anyway, then there was, was also police. the utensils, uh, and they would sing a parody of Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah. Uh, and the last act would be, for, would be performed by, this is my favorite one, the Get to the Point Sisters. Nice. Wow. Nice. The finale again was the parody of Bohemian Rhapsody sung by the whole cast. That show lasted another 10 whole years in the park and closed in 2004. Wow. It was replaced by Soarin' Around the World, which is a simulator ride where you're, you're supposed to feel like you're in a hang glider, huh. uh, like very serenely flying around the world. It's actually That's, really yeah. nice. That it's really dope. pretty. We have one over here. It used to be Soarin' Over California. Mm-hmm. Now it's Soarin' Around the World. Wow. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, that's a fucking great ride. Yeah. Soren's an incredible, a, incredible ride. My, my friend Dana said... The, make that the last thing you do mm. because that's a perfect way to end an entire really? it's really it's truly like it's something where you're just like it's so simple in its concept you're in a row yeah. there's a giant screen that's like almost like completely surrounding you takes you out into the middle of this kind of like spherical screen and your row you're you're in the air your row is picked up and you're you're hang gliding you're, hang- you're essentially hang yeah. gliding mm. oh. uh, and it's like you would think it would be terrifying but it's like so calming yeah wow yeah it's um, really nice so the next thing we're going to talk about is the universe of energy sponsored by exxon oh, oh. perfect it's all of the worst companies because they have the most money yeah yeah <laughs> but also so. this was like at a time when it was coming out that you know better living through chemistry and mm-hmm. like in corporate responsible corporate governance mm-hmm. was like the thing that, was, that shit was the tea like it was it was exact, yeah. I know what year would this be? This Universe of Energy opened with the park. Oh, okay. In okay. 71. 82. 80, uh, Disney World, the Magic Kingdom, Magic 71. Magic Kingdom, 71. Epcot, 82. 82. Got it. Uh, so the Universe of Energy took an in-depth look into how energy was created, used, and destroyed. Originally, it was to only focus on well, solar. Well, energy can never be created or destroyed. That's uh, hmm. E equals MC squared. Right, but... Their narrative was not that. <laughs> it was, well, yeah. you got to buy it from us, so, pal. <laughs> originally, originally, it was only gonna, supposed to be focused on solar energy with a large solar energy conductor in the center of the pavilion that would be surrounded by the ride. And then Exxon. And a walkthrough attraction. Wow. Um, yeah, you're, you're 
Absolutely right, Aaron. Uh, it was deemed too expensive, though, and was scrapped. That's when Exxon came in to sponsor. No fucking way. Of course. If that's uh, not... So the focus had then broadened into all types of, uh, of energy. Uh, the building's roof did feature 80,000 solar panels that provided partial power to the attraction, approximately like 15%. Hey. So something. It's something. Sure. Uh, so guests were guided by giant battery-powered moving theater cars that were guided by wires. So so essentially you would start off in like a giant theater and then after like a film, the thing would split into three cars oh. and then would move through the ride. Some of the magic of these things is, is, is it's stuff like that where your world is kind of splitting apart. Yeah, and yeah. The, yeah. It's the, the engineering. Yeah. This it. was at the time of opening the longest ride at uh, in anywhere on Disney property, anywhere around the world. It was 45 minutes long. No shit. You can't um, they, they, I, there's a lot of this stuff that you see that you're, as you're telling me stuff, like the, um, when they're looking at the computer room with the computer mm -hmm. uh, and the little, the little computer guy walking across stuff. Mm -hmm. Then, and then this would like, you know, the theater car, a lot of this gets used in Jurassic Park. The movie. Oh, yeah. for sure. When they're getting, they're getting the tour of Jurassic right. Park, and they're there. Right. You have the, oh, for I'm sure. the DNA guy. You can actually feel a lot of like inspiration, really cool. uh, nice. like from Epcot and the idea of like edutainment through history. And it's very funny that you mention Jurassic Park because uh, after the pre-show, which would be about like eight minutes long, uh, and was directed by Emil Radock, who was the co-inventor of the multimedia show Let Lanterner Met. Lanterna Magica, which was the star attraction of the Czechoslovakia Pavilion in Expo 67, mm. uh, yeah, which is the World's Fair in Montreal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the pre-show... Um, <laughs> The first film you'd see was known as the Kinetic Mosaic. It was a film that showed how mankind would harness the different kinds of energy, and it would be displayed on 100 rotating prism-shaped flip screens. What? That would be, like, moving and rotating uh, to create, like, exactly what it is, the moving, the Kinetic Mosaic. Um, so then, uh, after the pre-show, uh, guests would then get into their large theater cars. The cars would rotate 180 degrees to sit in front of three large movie screens. The film then would show a hand animated short about the beginning of life on earth and the origin of fossil fuels. The car would then rotate again to face a large curtain that would rise up to show a life-size diorama of prehistoric times. Uh, the theater would then break into six cars and take guests into the diorama. Of, of the dinosaurs uh, and prehistoric times. And this this bit would last about like seven minutes. Afterwards, they would reassemble into theater formation in a, sec in a second theater. The film, uh, the next film was 12 minutes long and showed uh, an in-depth look at the current and future energy sources from around the world. Um, afterwards, the screens would rise up and cars would travel beneath the these giant movie screens uh, to the theater where they had started. They were then showed a final two-minute computer animated film showing colorful laser-like imagery of the ways we've benefited from different kinds of energy. Uh, all in all, though, as boring as this ride could have been, it was a great way to get out of the Florida heat. I mean, it's 45 <laughs> minutes long. 45 minutes of 
com- uninterrupted <laughs> air conditioning. Your oil-based air conditioning. <laughs> so, great. courtesy the good folks of Exxon. <laughs> I never you, got to Exxon. experience the universe of energy. What I did get to experience was its replacement in 1996. Uh, this got an insane refurb. So the popularity of this ride had gone down, and guests were complaining that the tone of the ride was like way too serious. So what did Disney to do? They decided to bring in the comedic tones with none other than Gilbert Gottfried, Ellen DeGeneres, no and Bill Nye the Science Guy. Wow. Okay. And now would be known as Ellen's Energy Adventure. So the new version of the attraction featured all new films, but kept the giant dinosaur diorama. Cause like, come on now. Yeah. Uh, before entering the actual ride, guests would watch an eight minute pre-show in which Ellen would fall asleep uh, and then uh, dream that she was on the show Jeopardy playing against her old rival, Jamie Lee Curtis and Albert Einstein. Uh, but all the questions were about Ooh, energy. What? You're shitting me. Jamie this, I, this, I, when I tell you, John, I've experienced this multiple times in my life. <laughs> This is, I am 100% not fucking around in any capacity Her with this. Her nemesis is Jamie Lee Curtis. Her nemesis Jamie is Lee Jamie Curtis Lee Curtis. is so much better than Ellen. Why? Yeah, we <laughs> all know that. But wait, But wait. this is 1996. <laughs> okay. And Ellen, she barely said, I'm gay. I know, like, yeah. She was riding high, let's be real. This and is like the height of like, also, Ellen. Ellen yeah. was riding high until three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? She was on top of the fucking world. Jamie and, Lee Curtis doesn't need to ride and, high. But Jamie Lee Curtis, why was that her nemesis? I, I, I she don't was a, know. She was but they just played it that way? The yeah. short hair? They just played it that Jamie Lee Curtis is her worst fucking enemy, knows everything. And That's she, so and cool. Ellen knows nothing. That she's, is so cool. Because Jamie Lee Curtis is, seems wonderful and lovely. And I guess and because she's like her. a science get fiction. It. You like Jamie Lee Curtis. She's amazing. I mean, I she's also Jamie maybe, I guess, because she's like a science fiction heroine. You know, yeah, she's famously yeah. Ellen Ripley, but, you know. No, 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 no. No, no, you're, you're saying. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie no. Lee Curtis Sigourney Weaver. Halloween. Sigourney Weaver. I got them mixed up. Is Sigourney Sorry. Weaver the one that's in it? No, it's no, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, okay. It is Jamie Trading Lee Curtis. I just got them completely mixed up. Jamie Lee Curtis, I think in 96, was in uh, The True Lies. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, nice. Um, that's probably so part yeah, of the So since Ellen doesn't know shit about energy, she quickly falls behind at the end of round one. And that's when Bill Nye, the science guy, walks in. Literally just like, why? he's like, hi, Ellen. Just like walks into like no a set way. of jobs. Like, Classic like writing. you do. Yeah. Uh, and he starts talking over Albert Einstein, of course. Right. <laughs> uh, well, why would Albert Einstein teach her anything? They're, they're playing against each other. Yeah, so you true. need to get another you're science right, guy. You're in right. yeah, He's not a coach. This is cheating. So he comes in to teach Ellen all about energy. We then go along <laughs> with her for her journey. Guests then boarded the same ride vehicles that I was describing for the moving theater. The first film on the ride was a four-minute computer animated film in which Bill Nye takes Ellen back billions of years to witness the Big Bang, and uh, and they end up in prehistoric times hmm. um, to show her the origin of fossil fuels. The cars would then rotate, go into the giant diorama, but this time featured an audio animatronic of Ellen fighting off a dinosaur. Nice. What? Uh, yeah. What dinosaur? Like- I think it was like a raptor, or it was like something, so she has like a spear, and she's like, ah. <laughs> like, Checkmate, um, atheist. <laughs> the cars... <laughs> God damn it. The second theater, they would see the next film. This time it was a 12-minute live-action film on the giant wraparound screens with Bill uh, with Bill Nye and Ellen in a helicopter taking an in-depth look at the current uh, various states of how we're getting energy in this country and around the world. Soon we're going to frack. <laughs> Uh, the cars would then go back into the first theater where the final film was shown. This time it was the final two-minute segment, which shows Ellen winning Jeopardy with her newfound knowledge of energy. Fuck that. Um, Is Alec Trebek? 
Alex Trebek is, uh, is he's in it yes. in, the, in the house 100% Hell um, yeah. no one gives credit to Jamie Lee Curtis for just being cool Will you chill? No, so this ride, mentions Alex Trebek. So shockingly enough, this ride lasted until 2014. Wow, uh, nice. When the Ellen animatronic was removed, uh, then the ride would officially <laughs> it, it be closed too in 2017. Really? Now, the best part of all of this is that what was to be on the final run of the ride, it actually malfunctioned and broke down, resulting in guests being evacuated from the attraction. Ellen's losing it! Actually <laughs> incredible, because what they did is turned up all the lights and allow guests to just walk and take as many pictures as they wanted. Oh, that's uh, considering cool. it was supposed to be the very last run of this ride ever. It was literally, I guess, yeah. free oh, reign to walk nice. the track and take as many pictures that's as they wanted. Cool. I was on Space Mountain one time when it got stuck and they turned so all the cool. lights on. Yeah, me too. And it's fucking... Haunting. I feel when like they did that on purpose. So now they, everybody seems like everybody's Everyone's done it. Done it. <laughs> when you see just actually how close you, you are, are get like do to, not put your hands up do not put your hands up on space mountain really yes i mean yeah you can't not but don't re- reach you can out. but like if you're over like six foot two i wouldn't advise it wow uh, they redid space mountain too a few years ago not a well, few but like, like sort of but not really they, just added they more get cosmetic and sh- changes they yeah. turn it into hyperspace mountain oh, they did right. after star wars for like a hot minute yeah oh. Oh, nice. uh, and every Halloween they change it to Ghost Galaxy. Is that do they is is Space Mountain the one where they have FedEx stuff? Or is FedEx in Star Tours? I always remember there being FedEx shit. How, I how would come assume they have, how it would be Star Tours. Yeah, it's probably Star Tours. How come they haven't done a cube-themed ride? Uh, <laughs> or hypercube. So the the next thing I want to go into over here in Epcot, this is Wild. I want to talk about that health and wellness pavilion. The Wonders of Life, uh, sponsored by MetLife. <laughs> so, the health and wellness pavilion, sponsored by an insurance company. Yeah. yeah. So now many also of the pavilions. The Kaiser does a pig and aluminum. So many insurance. Go let them do. Let them, let them many do of it. the pavilions uh, in Epcot were refurbished or uh, or torn down as a whole in order to house a new attraction. But one Epcot pavilion would close, never be replaced, and just sit there as an empty shell until this day. <laughs> so the health and wellness pavilion was always in the plans for Epcot from the very beginning. But the er- the early days, a sponsor couldn't be found. Concept art as early as 1978 would show plans for what the pavilion was supposed to be, uh, and it was supposed to feature an Omni Move attraction, which again is like a people mover kind of a vehicle uh, that would be called the great journey within that would take guests on a tour of the human, uh, of the human body on red blood cell vehicles, Ooh, uh, oversized displays of different organs. Uh, but this was never fully actualized. Damn. The, um, the original name of the pavilion was called the human dynamic. But in 1987, when MetLife came on as a sponsor, it would be known as the wonders of life. Construction began in uh, early 88, six years after the opening of Epcot, and would open the following year in 1989 with a dedication from the current CEO, Michael Eisner. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Michael Eisner, uh, we're going to get further into his insanity because I love this man. Uh, I really do. So, this was the last Epcot pavilion to be built from scratch without replacing anything. At a rumored budget of $100 million, it was at the time the most expensive pavilion in the park, which says something because the most impressive pavilion in the park was pretty much, it was known as uh, the, the building Horizons, it was the most impressive thing there, and it was only $60 million. Wow. Um, Jeez. So from opening day outside of the pavilion, you uh, would be greeted with a 72 foot model of a DNA strand. 
cool. It was super fucking cool. Was it yeah. like a physical? A wow. physical yeah. like Not statue a of a DNA cool, of cool. a DNA strand. Um, the pavilion itself was a hundred uh, thousand square foot dome with a glass ceiling pan with a glass paneled ceiling that give it a light and airy feel. It featured a giant uh, mobile sculpture on the ceiling with multiple blue and purple glass discs that would occasionally collide and create a massive bang throughout the pavilion Ooh. don't understand why that feels like a design flaw but <laughs> just like here every every like nine and a half minutes just bong <laughs> terrifying five-year-olds just whatever um uh, so like most of the other, like most of the other pavilions in Epcot, it didn't just feature one thing, but multiple rides, multiple shows. Uh, these included the sensory fun house, which would feature multiple interactive exhibits <laughs> focusing on three of the human senses, touch, sight, and sound. Uh, there was the wonder cycles, which were stationary bikes with screens that you could ride through virtual courses of Disneyland, the hundredth anniversary Rose parade and the micro course, which I never did. Cause who the fuck does the micro course when you can ride? through Disneyland fucking get what, out of here what's the micro I don't know because I've never <laughs> I, I, I never did it okay, I've done the Wonder cool. Cycles <laughs> I've been on the Wonder Cycles in my life but every single time it was like yeah I want to see what Disneyland looks yeah, like yeah yeah um, the two main rides were called Cranium Command and Body Wars. These are <laughs> hmm. Body so, Wars. Cranium Command. Uh, this attraction was the only surviving element of the 1978 plans. This is like what you could consider like that tour through the human body, uh, like got split up into these two rides. Um, designed again by the Imagineer Raleigh Crump coming up again. Nice. Um, this, uh, this was basically like, okay. How do I explain it? Like, let me find, I'm just got to skip through some of this. Cause come on, this is too much. <laughs> Cause come on, come on. It's like okay. a magic, magic school bus. You know? So, uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So it was partially inspired by the 1943, uh, Walt Disney produced animated propaganda film, reason and emotion, uh, and explored the inside of trans. Uh, okay. The- we, I'm sorry, Joe, I got to stop you there. We have to, Discuss that in the Patreon. I don't know what the fuck that is. Reason and emotion. sounds insane. Reason is good. Emotion, bad. (laughs) Brought to you Um, by Disney. This, uh, the, the, um, the reason and emotion, uh, it explored the idea of transforming this concept into, uh, of this ride, of the Omnimover ride into a Star Trek parody. Huh. Uh, Interesting. So uh, the human head was to be represented as like the bridge of a spaceship. Like, like it becomes inside out. It's yeah, basically yeah, yeah. the early incarnation of Inside Out. Wow. Um, so basically you would like, it was like a theater show and you would be looking through these two screens that were like the eyes of of like a young, uh, of, of the protagonist of whose head that you're in. Right. Um, Alan's, and, uh, Alan's head. <laughs> of, yeah, of, of Alan's head. Of Alan's head. <laughs> Um, when when uh, Michael Eisner had actually finally secured Matt Life to sponsor the uh the pavilion, the now named Wonders of Life, and it had like fully restarted development on this ride. And uh, where am I? Um, oh my god, I literally have the same paragraph written out twice. That's so awful. That was the fury <laughs> with which you were you were texting me as you did your research. Where I was like, I'm 
I have too much. He's like, I got a lot of shit here. Pal. I have way too much. I'm almost halfway through. Um, uh, it's like, like three in the morning. He's like, I got a lot of here, buddy. I hope you can handle it. I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll do our best. So the main, one of the main characters of this ride uh, was an army general known as General Knowledge. Uh, <laughs> that was based on the Arlie em- uh, Ermy character from Full Metal Jacket. No! Bullshit. I bet you could... That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> quote: We thought it would be funny if the character was supposed to teach you how to manage your stress. Teaching how to manage stress just screamed at you incessantly like a psychotic drill sergeant. <laughs> this, is, this is what the Imagineer said. Uh, they also changed a, a pilot's name from Captain Cortex to Buzzy, a bumbling little young recruit. Um, Rob Minkoff was slated to direct the animated pre-show. Um, but he would drop out to take over a Roger Rabbit short. Um, oh, interesting. What else do I have to say about this? I mean, it was just, this was a ride that I sadly never got to experience. Um, but one interesting thing about it is because it just like remained abandoned for years and years and years, there was like urban explorers that would like go in and break into the, the back rooms of these pavilions and someone actually stole the clothes off of Buzzy. Oh, nice. No. <laughs> no one. And then I think someone then just stole Buzzy and no one knows where it is. <laughs> He's probably with the pig. Literally no. No one fucking knows where this That's animatronic really is. Him and the Kaiser pig. Man, you just living. sit on that for like 40, 50 years and yeah. sell it for upwards of... Four or five dollars. <laughs> yeah, before the, before the FBI... Ten to dollar twenty-five will get you right in the subway. Um, here's... <laughs> Here's some real fun. <laughs> it's like, just, just some torture voices, basement. <laughs> some voices of this. Um, the main show was presented in a 200 seat theater, and uh, you would you would have people like um, here we go: Charles Grodin, John Lovitz, nice. George Went, yes. Bobcat Goldthwait, Dana Carvey, and Kevin Nealon wow. doing their uh, the no. Hans and Franz roles. Whoa! From, Very uh, cool. from Saturday Night Live. A lot of straight white men here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I heard John Lovitz take a dump once. Ah uh, well, no, I take back and the straight smell, and, and, and smelled it. <laughs> straight white men and John Lovitz. <laughs> I did smell it. Yeah. Anyway, the other ride, the other big ride over here was called Body Wars, and Body Wars was literally Star Tours, but inside uh, of the human body. Really, a fantastic voyage. So right, yes, it was fantastic voyage. Uh, riders would be taken on a mission uh, by the fictional Miniaturized Exploration Technologies Corporation, or Met. Ah, uh, get uh, met, it pays. To study the effects of white blood cells on a splinter inside the left index finger of a volunteer. That's really cool. Now, uh, you would go in the queue line, there'd be a voice, you know, explaining, like, welcome to blah, 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 blah. And this was voiced by Jennifer Lewis uh, of, you know, from. J. Lou? J. Lou, yeah. Who, from, who's that? I mean, she's more um, popularly known now for playing the grandma on. Um, uh, blackish. Oh. Um, but she was like, in, I think in Dream Girls. I mean, I just know her as like gay icon Jennifer Lewis. Cool, like, uh-huh. cool, cool. she's just like, ha, Jennifer Lewis. What the hell? Ha, fuck with me. Like, she's incredible. I love her. She's truly incredible. Um, Ooh, you should have said gay icon Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> During the boarding process, uh, you would meet the volunteer in a film, uh, uh, Dr. Cynthia Lair, played by Elizabeth Shue. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. Yeah, cry to kids. God bless us. Uh, Avengers and babysitting uh, yeah. uh, the boys. The guests were told that they'd be uh, that they would board vehicle Bravo two nine two two nine and be shrunk. Their mission was to meet up with Doctor Lair and bring her out because she was like inside the body. She's trapped. You need to go and get her. Oh, um, Captain uh, Captain Braddock, played by Tim Matheson, would be the guest <sighs> pilot. Nice. 
So, uh, it's exactly what it was. You go in, you fly around the human body, you help a splinter get out. That's it. <laughs> We've all been there. You help a splinter get out. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you learn how white blood cells uh, attack uh, an unknown a entity, foreign, foreign in, a foreign That's body really cool. inside That's of really yours. That's really cool. Figures the um, white. So, uh, the film, the film segments of this ride, the film segments were directed by Leonard Nimoy. Uh, wow, <laughs> cool, man. It's wall-to-wall insanity. Yeah, it's, it's like so these good. people that are working on this thing. Yeah. Um, but the real thing I want to talk to you about here is the shows that were uh, offered here at um, Wonders of Life. The first show you would see uh, was called Goofy About Health. The show was about... <laughs> Eight minutes long, and it would show the stress Goofy was under living in an <laughs> urban life and the changes he could make to live a healthier lifestyle. I'm just Goofy, a maniac. In the eight minutes of the show, Goofy would rid himself of bad habits and ultimately live a happier life. The show consisted of over 20 different Goofy cartoons from over the course of 28 years. Oh, yeah. So it's sometimes like you see heroin. a stark difference wow. in animation when style. When Goofy gets from stressed, he's licked his own dick. <laughs> the, next show would, the next show would be called The Anacomical Players. And- uh, Anacomical? And they would perform sketch comedy about health and wellness That's with sketch idea. titles such are as... Are they adult human beings? Yes, these are adult human beings. Uh, <laughs> with sketch titles such as Flossed in Space. Okay. Uh-huh. This was a true bummer to watch even as a child. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, we just need a suggestion from the audience. <laughs> the final theater it. was called The Birth Theater and would feature a show called The Making of Me. A 16-minute oh. film about conception and childbirth starring none other than Epcot's favorite darling, Martin Short. <laughs> You're shitting me. Is he, is he really a favorite? He's in multiple attractions. Yeah. Or incredible. was in multiple attractions in Epcot. Uh, yeah. yeah. He yeah, was yeah. in Clifford. He was also, like, they, they had, like, a, a, a film about Canada in the Canadian Pavilion. They uh-huh. had, like, yeah, a, That's right. He was... But now it's um, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. Oh, no way! Right. Yeah. Now the new oh, uh, which is really cool. That's good. Um... So it's right it there near uh, the Shit's Creek. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it first opened, obviously it was controversial as the topic of reproduction was seen as like unseemly for a theme park. Like what? Um, it act it sparked the need. It sparked the need to put a sign in front of the theater to let guests know what yeah. the fuck was going on. Yeah, in there. which is like you don't so, want to find out where people come from, buddy. These people are gross. So the story of the <laughs> show was company. Martin Short wondering why, how he was created and sends viewers back in time to see his parents as young adults. It's some sort of like prom or dance hall scene. Uh, the movie then shifts to an animated. We had the dance hall with the short family. <laughs> <laughs> the so movie stupid. then shifts to an animated segment showing cartoon sperm trying to win the race to the egg. We've all been oh. there. Nothing graphic was shown throughout this film, uh, and it was lighthearted with obviously key aspects of the process left out. Right. <laughs> They're not yeah. going to like show yeah, people the fucking. money. The drugs. Yeah. Uh, I also want to shout money? out in, in the in the Wonders of Life Pavilion, a little tiny thing called Coach's Corner, which would, uh, there were batting cages uh, with, cool. uh, and guests would receive pre-recorded feedback from professional athletes. <laughs> pre-recorded Great. feedback. Scott. There was also a section of pavilion of this pavilion that would show modern achievements in medicine. And this was actually updated quite regularly. Kind of cool. It was my mom's yeah. favorite pavilion. I mean, oh, that's cool. she was a nurse. She loved it. She Aww. fucking loved Body Wars. Yeah, that was like so cool. her shit. She's um, like, I gotta go to Body Wars uh, so I can learn. So I can learn can I go to the sex that. pavilion again, Mom? <laughs> when you were talking about touring the human body, Aaron turns to me and mouths the words. He's, he's going by the organs. He goes, 
prostate. Well, you said like giant he's, organs. He's, not, he's nodding and winking at me and mouthing like, the like word Aaron, Aaron's trip would be like, we're going to go into Aaron's body and work the prostate. Now listen, when do, when do they swing by the bussy? <laughs> you're the bussy boss, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you know you're so, the... Excuse me, where's the WAP? Where's the WAP? Excuse me, sir? In the WAP? Where's the WAP located? <laughs> oh, boys. In 2001... Um, um, so in 2001, MetLife pulled the sponsorship out of the pavilion, um, apparently in a dispute about extending life insurance benefits for Disney employees. No. Oh, always a good look. Oh, my God. It's so personal. Yeah. God, oh, yeah. Amazing. You're going to learn We're a lot about- We're packing up Snoopy and getting the fuck out of here. Something about Michael Eisner you're going to learn is that he is a petty motherfucker. <laughs> he is the pettiest of petty. Um, so, yeah, now, like- the swift downfall of the wonders of life began. <laughs> so all the references to MetLife were removed and regular maintenance had waned. The coach's corner would be the first thing to go, next followed by the anatomical players. The wonder cycles were constantly breaking down. Sometimes the this, uh, pavilion would be so short-staffed that the making of me was not available for guests to see. Uh, cleaning pretty much ceased and a thick layer of dust uh, oh, came breath. over everything. Dude breath. <laughs> um, cast members from both Cranium Command and Body Wars were cut drastically. In 2004, the building was listed as a seasonal attraction only to be open during the summer and Christmas time, wow. uh, which was like, it's just peak attendance at the parks. Uh, everything inside was pretty much left frozen in time since 2001. Uh, it was closed again in 2007, but this time nothing inside would ever operate again. The DNA structure out front was removed and everything inside was very blandly painted over. Huh. Uh, it still exists and it's still used You're the pavilion, me. but for as a festival center for uh -huh. the various, because they do food and wine festival, the festival of the arts, the flower and garden. Right. They do all kinds of year round uh, now, festivals. Here's, that, here's the thing I don't yeah. understand. Mm -hmm. He has this dispute with MetLife over, over the employees and their insurance. Right. MetLife and, pulls and, their sponsorship. And why why doesn't he just shut the whole fucking thing down? Because it's too, big, it was too still, big a ship to turn a, around? A, it was too big of a ship to turn around and be like... It, it was... It was still it an was attraction. A place that would still be able to how like have thousands of people walking yeah, every day. Was a way you milk it for as long as you can, you know. It's yeah, it's just we'll do, it, we'll do it until shit breaks down and we can't fix it. And then when we can't fix it, we'll just mm. close it. That's right. Um, it's like my dad and his air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like that, which we all know. What are you talking about? Like, ah, oh, you gotta just oh, this thing sucks. No, well, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get a new one until it breaks. <laughs> yeah. So now, like, well, it's breaking. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Joe. I want to take us over. I want to take us over to the next park. Uh, M <laughs> at the time, was known as MGM Studios, now known as Disney's Hollywood Studios. Oh. So oh. to understand the creation of MGM Studios, we first have to take a look at everyone's favorite CEO, Michael Eisner. Uh, Eisner is the butt of Dick he's everyone's favorite. Um, Eisner is the butt of many jokes over the years, but when he first took the job in 85, he really was responsible for completely turning the company around. With multiple box office flops and lackluster response to the theme parks at the time, uh, Disney took their, a real chance on hiring the very first outside hire for a CEO and president. Uh, and I personally think it paid off. Um, Who was CEO 
I can't remember. I, I honestly, I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. I just know Eisner is the first. Like everyone knows Eisner. Yeah. I mean, you've heard the name Michael Eisner. For yeah. years. it's but synonymous. Also, but before he worked for Disney, he was the president and CEO of Paramount Pictures from '74 until '85. Oh, I didn't. Know. Uh, so he really he lo- he was a, a man of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Loved film more than anything else. So he knew how to take the America's nostalgia for film and turn a profit. Uh, one of the first jobs, uh, his first jobs was to make Epcot more successful, uh, which is why he gave us things like the Wonders of Life Pavilion, the Living Seas, um, and, and whatnot. Uh, he pushed Imagineers to introduce Disney characters into Epcot. Um, and when he first looked at the plans, uh, um, when they were looking to expand Epcot with new pavilions, there was going. They, they were thinking of doing a pavilion about the history of cinema and film and entertainment. And he took one fucking look at this thing and said, "Well, this is a whole park." He took one look at this thing and was like, "This is a giant idea. We can't just like put uh. this in a, a little tiny. This is going to be a scrap that. We're going to make an entire fucking theme park based on the idea of celebrating the history of film." Smart. Very fucking smart. Uh, especially when you consider that at the time, just down the street, Universal Studios was planning to open their Florida the theme fucking park. Bullshit park. Wow. I, honestly, the the Hulk ride in in the the Universal of Florida Adventure is, is is pretty great. Really cool. Only great, one. Only only, only theme park I've been to. Really. Really. Oh yeah, you mentioned that when we were coming up. No. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, now you'd wonder why uh, a failing company would decide because at the time again we're talking multiple box office flops, theme parks not doing good. You'd wonder why they would approve like Eisner to be like, yeah, we're gonna make an in- we're gonna spend millions of dollars on a new theme park even though we are not making any money like at all. Uh, and there's multiple reasons. Uh, Eisner had multiple reasons for doing this. One being that Disney World had, not gr- had now grown from one theme park to an entire resort with two theme parks and multiple hotels and restaurants, so a new park would help with traffic. Uh, and another, um, it could be built relatively small and cheap uh, for more likely success, which is why it still is currently smaller. It's the smallest park on Disney property. Mm. Um, but I, I, you know, obviously, personal think it's because like oh Universal Studios is opening down the street we need to uh, mm. have our own movie themed park so that we can yeah. keep guests here yeah and also we started fucking cartoons we've been doing movies yeah. forever we are right. fucking movies exactly uh, and also funnily enough Eisner had already had information on Universal because when he was at Paramount uh, the MCA the company that owned Universal was looking for help from other studios to open their theme park, like to like get oh, okay. other people to offer mm. their properties to be in uh, in the Universal Studios. Wait, so wait, he, what what year is this again? So uh, MGM Studios would open in eighty nine. So we, let's we say getting, this is around like, like eighty six, eighty seven. To like peak theme park kind. Yes, yeah. yes, we really are getting. Is to, that is there a peak? Yeah, there's like it's yeah. been in the nineties, yeah. uh, and then know, I think it flags, and now I think we're back, like obviously pre-COVID times, yeah, but yeah. like yeah. around now, I think we're seeing the resurgence of the theme park. Well, with like uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, sure, so with sure. Galaxy's Edge, we're seeing these fully immersive lands that yeah. are changing the amusement park. And, but, game. and yeah. at the same time, like uh, the others are uh, totally struggling. Like the you're just seeing like the a competition. Yeah, like Magic Mountain is. Nothing. Mm. So, like I said, well, um, since he knew all of this shit about Universal before he even came into Disney, it's obvious that he would use this information to his sure. own benefit. Sure. 
Uh, so not, not just like, and not just by doing like the concept of writing the movies like Universal Studios, but would actually have a working studio on site. Mm. Oh. Uh, and this really pissed off people at MGM. Uh, <laughs> So, which, uh, so in 1985, Disney made a deal with MGM to use their name and logo to create MGM Studios Disney Park oh, uh, really? as, as a tribute to classic cinema. This was also when Eisner made deals with other studios to make rides at Disney, such as Star Tours. Uh, remember, this is the 80s. Disney didn't own half the fucking industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the note, uh, the, so he worked with 20th Century Fox, Warner Brothers, Lucasfilm, Paramount to take advantage of all these things that they had. Smart. With the notable exception being Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, who Fuck had already, them. they had already began construction. Nearby. I don't like Frankenstein. You're going to love this. You're going to love this, dude. <laughs> the Universal that started construction already were apparently Eisner would sit outside of the fence looking in at the progress of construction. <laughs> Whoa. That's fucking tight. He's just in a chair. He just has like a regular chair. Yeah. And Disney made sure <laughs> Disney made sure to keep these plans completely under wraps uh, until a Universal had made their official announcement that they were going to open a theme park. So Disney was actually able to beat them to the punch, opening a full year before Universal Studios. No Jesus. fucking way. Yes. Yes. Dude, that's incredible. And you know, the whole time I was in Florida and I saw the MGM park, or whatever, I didn't know that was a Disney thing. Uh-huh. I had no idea. So the thing is, is though, it in Orlando as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, on it's Disney all, property. On, this is all in Walt Disney World. This yeah. is Walt Disney World uh, Resort. But they're all so clustered together that I was like, oh, MGM has a park too, I guess. Yeah. Like, I never, it never well, occurred to me. So MGM was not happy at all to discover that they were going to use the park as an actual working studio filming actual movies there. Uh, that are not MGM movies. They're no, Disney movies. Including, yeah. are you ready for this one? Ernest Saves Christmas was filmed <laughs> in the Florida MG, uh, MGM Studios. Save it. Uh, even before the park opened, they shot wow. a movie there. Um, so MGM sued Disney for violating their agreement. <laughs> Disney would then counter sue later when MGM responded by creating their own failed theme park, the MGM Grand Adventures in Las Vegas. Wow. Oh, yeah. Now, Universal Studios out here is also, I mean, it, it was the studios it's, before it was the park. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was Eisner. I mean, the thing is, like, Eisner, uh, I'll get there in a second. I'll get there in a second. Go ahead. Uh, the park had opened with only two attractions, a backlot tour and the great movie ride, uh, which were both Pretty fantastic. Oh. Uh, the tour was originally two hours long, uh, but we'd Damn. be pared down. It was literally, it was two hours long with a break in the middle. You would literally go on a tour, take a lunch break, and then get back on the what tour. What would you do for lunch? They, they would, there's. You'd be at like the canteen popcorn, with all like the, the, like the Blazing Saddles cast. You know, well, I mean, it was, the thing is, there wasn't like a real back lot. It would yeah, be like, yeah. here, look at these studio buildings. Oh, now we're going to do, it was like, you know, the, the, the bit of like the studio trout here when it's like, now we're going to take you through disaster Canyon and we're going to do a flash flood and here's jaws. It was like that kind of like sure, sure. shit. Um, but it would be pared down only a year later when the working studio element of the park pretty much went away. Um, the park continued to grow with attractions like Indiana Jones stunt, stunt show, Star Tours, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids play area, which was my favorite as a kid. Uh, and well, Joe, I'm sorry, why was it your favorite? Because it was fucking cool, man. <laughs> it's I mean, giant shit. it's giant shit. It's yeah. giant blades of grass and a giant ant oh, you could climb on, yeah. and a huge Lego brick you can crawl inside of, and all the, these like 
ant tunnels and they spider webs. Yeah. And mm. You can get in like the bowl of fruit loops and do like the like your That's photo op cool. of I'm in a giant fruit loop. <laughs> yeah, um, you have to say it like that too. Um, <laughs> the other thing that was there, uh, I just wanted to shout it out was Muppet Vision 3D, oh, uh, which is cool. the actually it's the very final Muppets film that Jim Henson had a personal uh, before passing away in 1990. Um, Did he have AIDS? No. Uh, he, died, he died from being cool. <laughs> what? No, well, he basically pretty much died of like pneumonia because he was a Christian scientist who That's, didn't believe in oh, going to doctors. Is that what it was? Like Steve Jobs shit? Yeah. So he didn't believe in. So no, he was, he was not pneumonia. No, not for nothing. Like <laughs> if he had just gone to a doctor earlier, he would have still been alive. Yeah. Like yeah. it was the, they caught it too late and it killed him. Yeah. Like it was a, a right. normal, like. That's what fucked up Val Kilmer too. He's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> Val Kilmer's still with us. Just, yeah, but he can't talk. Well, John, acting is more than talking. He's emoting. <laughs> he can still do this. <laughs> so one fun thing about this park is that I'll, th this was a weird park because a lot of non-Disney characters made appearances oh, in this park, yeah. obviously because of the acquisitions. Uh, some of these characters included Ace Ventura. Uh, <laughs> what? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. Cool, the cool. Power Rangers. Hey. Uh, and the that's not even beginning to crack the surface. They had a live, like a street, like a streets performance thing of for Goosebumps. Oh, it was briefly oh. in this So R.L. Stein came out and waved at everybody. Love like, it. who's that guy? Mm -hmm. So let's the haunted first <laughs> talk about of the, of the attractions here. I want to talk about Superstar Television. This is a 30-minute interactive show that would take guests through a programming day at the fictional television studio featuring multiple adults and children chosen from the audience during the pre-show to act in front of blue screens or physical sets and using a chroma key effect would be transported into popular TV shows. Cool. Um, so wow! The, so really honey, cool. you're in Sanford and Son. <laughs> the first part <laughs> of the experience <laughs> would be in the waiting area, where guests would be uh, <laughs> would try to be cast in the show. Uh, afterwards, um, the, the those chosen were taken backstage to meet the director, provided with lines, costumes, and makeup. Casting couch scene was shot. <laughs> exactly. After entering the theater, eight six foot wide screens would show the audience what was going on. The participating guests would show up uh, on on channel Superstar Television One and would be featured on one of many different. shows shows. Uh, the first show would be an episode of Today. Uh, the chosen audience member would give a newscast about the opening day of Disneyland. <laughs> they were in Katie Couric's asshole. <laughs> which is, that, but that's also Stay Tuned. Yeah. You're, you're in the TV shows, Joe. You've seen Stay Tuned. I've not seen Stay Tuned. Oh, you need to. I've heard of this. Yes. I've heard of this. Um, Wait, the most you? fondly yeah. remembered yeah. scene from this attraction was the I Love Lucy Chocolate Factory scene. Oh, where that's a the, great uh, idea. the chosen audience member would be playing Ethel uh, up against, wow. like, yeah. Uh, very, very cool looking. Uh, the show would then move to the different <laughs> decades of television, moved into the 60s. <laughs> what, Aaron? Well, well, you're in Lucy's asshole. <laughs> oh, it's a chocolate fact. Yeah, very yeah. good. Very, very good, good, Aaron. Very good. <laughs> so we... <laughs> Next, the show would move into the 60s with episodes of General Hospital, Walt Disney's Wonderful World of General. Color, The Ed Sullivan Show, and Gilligan's Island. Wow. Uh, there was also footage of the Apollo 11 moon landing scene with an audience member, usually a kid, holding up cue cards. That was like, hmm. it was That's one small step from Holy fucking it. shit. Hilarious, right? <laughs> That's how you know it's fake. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was then there was also the Three Stooges pie fight that they would do. <laughs> wow! Um, an episode of Cheers, the Golden Girls, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and the Late Show with David Letterman. Holy that is shit. amazing. Around That's thirty awesome. audience members would be chosen for each show. Thirty. Thirty. That's fucking. Uh, to participate with the amazing. different roles, this was extremely popular. Yeah, extremely of course. popular. This is yeah, the most popular. Over the years, yeah. over the years uh, new shows were added, like Home Improvement, Will and Full and House, <laughs> where you're in Bob's um, set. 
2024. The final show was sadly in September of 1998 when it would close to make way for a new show, Doug Live. What? Which Doug yes, Live? Yes, oh, it was like a live musical themed show around the cartoon Doug. Really? Now, were they in Doug's asshole? Doug, yes. Yeah. Doug did acquire. You're a skeeter. Disney did acquire Doug in 1996. Sure. Um, yeah, then it was on ABC. The show, yeah, as brand spanking new Doug yeah. was what it was. Wow. It wasn't as good. Um, it was, was not, not as, as good. good. Uh, the show cost around $6 million and would feature live singing and special effects with five original shows. Did they the, do I Need More Allowance? Did they do Killer Tofu? Yeah. So it was a bizarre show that would also feature audience participation. One child would be chosen to play Quail Boy and four adults to play the beats. Oh. <laughs> nice. That makes sense. This show would only last for about two years before being closed and being replaced by a show promoting ABC television shows. Ugh, uh, but then sad. was closed in 2002 where it would, it would remain unused until 2009 when the American Idol Experience would open. Oh, no. Now, the American Idol Experience... Um, it it would continue the tradition of uh, audience participation, uh, but this time American Idol participants are singing for votes. <laughs> so oh, no! Each morning, guests would be able to go to the audition center in the back of the theater to participate in multiple rounds of auditions. If they got through those, they would be able to perform in one of the live shows throughout the day. Amazing! Singers can choose from one of 150 different songs to perform. The entire experience could take up. A huge chunk of your day if you actually get through, through all of yeah. the rounds. Did, did any of that lead to? Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Give me a minute. I will get there. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, American Idol. So you got American through all Idol. Of the yeah. audition rounds. You were given a vote for me badge and a time to come back for your show. Jesus and what's Christ. funny is a lot of people that would like get these badges, like people, would, they, they would get like stopped for photos and autographs, <laughs> like by people around the park because they were wearing like vote for me. Um, so you would have to come. You would come back an hour before your show time for a rehearsal, like a tech rehearsal or whatever. Um, the time spent in the park um, before, like I said, people would literally be like, "Can I get your autograph?" Um, <laughs> If you were the winner of your show, then you would then come back later on for the final show of the day where you'd be competing against the other winners from the other shows throughout oh, okay. the day. And the winner of that show would receive the dream ticket, which was a ticket that would enable you to bypass the line at any American Idol or, uh, or Sonic. international, <laughs> whether it be like X Factor, um, yeah. Australia's, like whatever, like anywhere that uh, yeah. you go, it was yeah, we're able to bypass pop idol, this. pop idol, yeah. pop idol. Um, uh, this would eventually Dubai's be Dubai's got talent. Uh, <laughs> Dubai's got slate. Actually, believe it, uh, funny. Multiple winners of the show would actually go on to be go pretty far really? in American okay, Idol. Yeah, Some of them were like coming in like the semifinals or the yeah. final, like yeah. going very, very, very far. Uh, it was closed officially in August 2014 and was replaced by a frozen sing-along that remains there to this day. Oh, you're so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not for me. It's for, it's, it's for nine-year-old girls who want to sing Let It Go. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Good for them. Happy they have something. Yes, absolutely. Um, right. The next thing was called the Monster Sound Show, yeah. um, which was basically was to teach guests about Foley artistry. Oh, that... that so this That's is all awesome. like a lot of this stuff that. sounds like stuff I remember from Universal from the Studios. early early days of Universal Hollywood, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, this, this is my favorite thing now. What you just yeah? Oh, Foley work. Well, yeah, Foley work. So cool. Uh, so. It would, it would, again, it would have audience participation where they would have like uh, every show, random guests from the audience were chosen to perform in uh, sound effects for a short film starring Chevy Chase and Martin Short. 
Whoa. Uh, falling, falling fully. So these two were in a, th- they, they would be a three minute slapstick scene where a hotel worker played by short attempts to murder a life insurance agent played by chase. Oh, um, it does sound a little morbid. It was all, it was all comedy. It was very stupid and silly. Uh, it was sponsored by Sony and showed in the ABC theater. It was unique in that it gave the volunteering guests like a hands-on experience of creating Foley artistry. That's cool. Uh, at the beginning of the show, a professionally made audio track would play along with the clip so that audiences would understand what was ideally going to happen. Uh, then they were the volunteers were brought to the front. The clip was replayed so that they could go with it. And then the clip would go away and it would just be the audience participant doing it. Um, Smashing really some cool. lettuce together. Yeah, that's such a good idea though. Damn. So, and the theater only held about 270 people. So overall the experience was like pretty intimate for like a Disney show uh, experience. Um, the show ended up changing its content in 1997 because uh, it was like a lack of youth involvement. So like they changed it from it being like a slapstick uh, and spookum scenes to it being like uh, animated stuff and yeah. like having kids do like, which obviously resulted in like kids having bad timing and like yeah. fucking up and it was silly and fun. Um, in 1999, it made, it was closed for its replacement sounds dangerous, which I remember very, very fondly. So this, uh, it, it kept the theater focus and the use of sound. It was starring Drew Carey as a bumbling undercover cop. Uh, the show had strived to take advantage of the actor's popularity because of the Drew Carey show it was, uh, hugely popular on TV at the time. Um, so it was unique in the way, uh, it was an audio journey as well as like a traditional themed, um, I'm sorry, traditionally shot film. Uh, it started out with like a brief video undercover live. It's a show about Drew Carey. who was trying to bust a drug smuggling ring or whatever. Classic Drew Carey. So, um, (laughs) when we see what, so basically Drew Carey, his character ends up like fucking up and fucks up the camera. So everything goes into pitch darkness and you get the rest of the show is basically like a radio play in pitch darkness. Oh, cool. Which uh-huh. was really cool. Yeah. Like, really, I mean, weird and wild and so different. Feels like fucking experimental. It feels like early Henson, like art sure. film shit. Yeah. Like, we're going to plunge this whole audience into darkness and just play the sound. That's brilliant. Yeah. It is. And cheap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of the brilliance. Yeah, and so, and they also every every person every audience member was issued binaural headphones. Oh, great! So right. you get to get the stereo, you get everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was it's really weird that it was able to like almost like reimagine the idea of the radio play. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and also just the appeal to imagination. Yes, yeah. is, yes, is so uh, Disney. The radio play works much better in complete darkness. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So this this would last until about 2011 when it would run seasonally, then closing a year later, where it would make way for a thing called Carbon Freeze Me. The, are you saying, is it because like they didn't have enough money to it keep just the wasn't, lights on? It was just like slowly was like waning in popularity. Like most anything that closes at a Disney park is just simply because people weren't going to it anymore. Yeah, yeah. change it up. Um, yeah, carbon really freeze me carbon sounds freeze interesting. Me. This, I mean, it was just, it was a uh, it, it was a, an event during a, during Star Wars weekends that would have guests' uh, faces digitally captured by multiple cameras, and then they would be turned into an eight-inch carbonite figurine. Oh. Like, oh. That's perfect carbonite. for online, like social media. 
You exactly. have a picture of you yes, and Han yes, Solo. Yes, yeah. And facial recognition. <laughs> and also, Disney is frozen beneath the park, I it believe. It's taken over by a Star Wars Path of the Jedi, dumb little, like, here, look at, like, 13 minutes of Star Wars clips explaining what the Jedi are. Like, mm. whatever. Yeah, no they're shit. All, they're just midichlorians. Um, what? Yeah, it's in your blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the last ride yeah, I want to talk in about in MGM Studios <laughs> was Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Oh my god, I wrote, I wrote that. Yes, and it's 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 in, it's incredible. It's amazing. It's incredible. That so this are you ride, joking me? I swear to this God, ride, John and, hates Aerosmith. <laughs> Dude, Oh, we're gonna have so much fun. How is that? So, this ride opened in MGM Studios in July 1999 and would also open in Disney Studios Park in Paris in 2002. Starring the world famous Aerosmith, this roller coaster would be the the world in Armageddon. This would be the first and only looping roller coaster in Walt Disney World in Florida. Uh, So, when MGM Studios had opened 10 years earlier, the guest reaction was not good. The overall consensus (laughs) on the park dedicated to the glitz and glam of Hollywood was ultimately boring as fuck. <laughs> Guests mainly complained about the lack of rides, and overall, there were only four attractions like two rides, two shows, that's it. That's all that was there. <laughs> Um, so there was like nothing to fucking do, especially when you consider the idea that there was a similarly themed movie theme park down the street <laughs> with, full, with like 20 staff. different attractions to go and see. Yeah. So uh, here you got to you got to make your own movies here. <laughs> I also want to bring up that like everything Eisner ever did, by the way, was done out of spite. Like that's something that I want to. Like, yeah. like, he opened MGM because of uh, because of Universal Studios. He put the living season episode. Epcot because of SeaWorld. Like he, like, uh, we're, we'll, it's we'll, good. Get, to, it's we'll good. get to California Adventure. I love pettiness. Pettiness <laughs> is so, really petty it's so good. Yeah, did Eisner like fund the documentary Blackfish? Right. <laughs> so Eisner decided they needed to bolster this park with new rides and attractions that were more thrilling for, you know, teenage audiences. This is when he brought in the Indiana Jones stunt show, Star Tours, uh, almost immediately after the park opened. But uh, it took a long time to get Rock and Roller Coaster off the ground. Um, the area that it was in would be a new expansion to the park in 1994 called oh, okay. Sunset Boulevard. And it was, uh, the theme was Hollywood in the 1940s. Wow. Um, and there would be Finally. two e-trick, e-ticket attractions, which is like the top tier. In the original days of Disneyland, things were sorted as A through e-ticket. So A would be this, like the Monsanto Hall of Chemistry right. would be like an A-ticket attraction. Whereas like the Matterhorn would be an e-ticket attraction. Got it. Um, so uh, the the first one would be the um, Twilight Zone's Tower of Terror uh, and a roller coaster inspired by rock and roll music. The area itself and the Tower of Terror were open on time in 1994, but rock and roller coaster wouldn't be completed until 1999 due to budget cuts and the abysmal opening of Euro Disneyland. Which oh I remember that in the papers. Yeah. I remember the, the, the that Simpsons, as a kid. The Simpsons and that made Paris? a big joke about it too. Hello, yeah. welcome to Eurovision and Scratchy Land. Hello, who are you to deny it? Please buy a ticket. My children need wine. Itchy and Scratchy Land is my favorite episode of The Simpsons. Obviously. Um, so construction for this, uh, for the ride itself, uh, for rock and roller coaster began in early 1998, uh, they had to build Steven Tyler. Uh, where they were taking over a cast member parking lot <laughs> a few months before the official announcement would be made, uh, to fit the theming of sunset Boulevard. The ride would have, like I said, a heavy focus on rock music. Um, 
Disney began looking for a popular band to host the new ride. While Aerosmith would eventually be the one to do it, they were not the first choice mm, at all. They had, Disney had I, first I approached the Rolling Stones, <laughs> yeah, um, who were super interested in doing it, uh, but Disney would not meet their asking price of $10 million each year to use their likeness. Wow. Uh, they are ruthless, bro. Disney, they have so much money. Yeah. Disney would then approach Kiss... <gasps> That's a terrible Kids idea. Kids before Aerosmith? Fuck you. Yeah. But once again, <laughs> an agreement couldn't be reached because apparently Kiss's asking price was even higher than the Rolling Stones. Also, fuck the, yeah. That because, says everything. Because that band is no music and all merchandise. <laughs> exactly. They, they are action figures. They were months away from opening this ride before they finally You're signed. you Like, we're talking... Three or four months before this ride opened, they still had not well, found you, you, you got one of the Imagineers going, What so the they fuck actually, are we playing on these speakers? Well, well, they were about to scrap the whole idea of a band hosting it and just make it like a tribute to rock music and have like different songs be playing. But uh, around this time, Disney had already hired Aerosmith to do Don't Want to Miss a Thing Armageddon. for the Touchstone film oh, Armageddon. Yeah. So they were already within no the Disney pocket. Way. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which I don't want to miss a thing. It uh, uh, premiered at number one on the Billboard Top 100, which was the first and only number one single Aerosmith ever had. Damn. Um, so Disney would approach uh, Steven Tyler to talk about about this, and he responded with extreme enthusiasm. No of shit. Of course he did. He was ecstatic, and with the band's <laughs> asking cost being a tenth of that of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, and a 20th of Kiss. <laughs> so Disney 12, would announce... 12 scarves. Disney would announce in June 1999 that Aerosmith would be the host of Rock and Roller Coaster with a rumored cost of $50 million. Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith would open one month later in July 1999. So guests would approach the outside of this ride. It would be G-Force Records. It would be like a recording studio building greeted by a giant guitar with the neck extending out into like to look like a roller coaster track like it would just start like looping all over the oh, place really very, fucking cool looking cool. once guests cool were looking? In, yeah. it's really cool it looking is, yeah. uh, once guests <laughs> were inside they make them they would make their way through a lobby which was decorated with ceiling high guitars and posters for disney owned recording artists um, guests would then enter a sound studio where we would walk in on Aerosmith finishing up a recording of Walk This Way. Yep. What? What? Why are you re-recording Walk This Way? Okay. Um, I don't know if we should do this again. I think we should do it again. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, oh, and the by the way, thing. they were with their sound engineer uh -huh. played by, do you remember? No. Ken Marino. No uh, fucking way. I didn't recognize Ken Marino then. Yeah. yeah, yeah Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, when we when me and Jerry went uh, a couple of years ago when we went on, it was like baby. That's Ken amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Holy uh, from shit. the the Jew, the Italian, and the redhead gay fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler, Stephen Tyler would greet the guests before the, uh, their manager, played by Ileana Douglas, no would, way. Walk, would walk in and inform them that they were going to be late to yes. a concert they had across town. Yes. Uh, and now Stephen Tyler feels bad that he has to like leave the guests <laughs> there. So he's like, why do we all just give them backstage passes? Oh, uh, and that's why you get on the ride. And yeah. that's why you get on the ride. So Just like real um, life. Yeah. Is that what happens backstage? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you get on the ride, kid. So uh, you get you, you're all you, you know you're not actually issued any backstage passes, but the idea is that you are, and you go out to the back alley behind the recording studio uh -huh. where a, a super stretched limo. And someone's like, is "Can I blow you? you?" That's amazing. Um, so then guests go into the to the loading area themed like a back alley, load, uh, get into the coaster train themed to look like a 1962 Cadillac limo. 
each seat in every car in every train was equipped with state-of-the-art sound speakers oh. to play music through, and each different train had different Aerosmith songs. Playing oh, really? Yes. The idea of rewritability. This is Judd's nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, one seated the guest would hear the voice of famous famous radio personality Bill St. James talking about a concert that was happening, the concert across <laughs> town, and that heavy traffic, heavy traffic was surrounding the area. Guests would then hear a countdown from Tyler as the limo approaches a tunnel uh, to really fuck with everybody during the countdown instead of at zero when it hit one the ca- the train would then burst from zero to 60 in under 2.8 seconds. That's rock and roll That's baby. dope. That's how you rock into, and roll. And plunge into complete darkness. Yeah. Like oh. down a tunnel. So then the music the music of Aerosmith would come blaring through these speakers as trains would fly through multiple twists and inversions indoors uh, passing different signs and landmarks to evoke the freeways of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the limo wow. would eventually make it to the backstage VIP area behind the concert where guests would then exit the vehicle and walk the red carpet and exit through the gift shop. Uh, they find it, love in an elevator. <laughs> though it closed in Paris to make way for the Marvel Iron Man roller coaster. Hell yeah. Uh, it still remains open. It uh, now known as Hollywood Studios in Florida today. Cool. Uh, but guests do speculate that it's really only a matter of time before yeah, Aerosmith completely is completely irrelevant yeah. and it gets replaced. I, I remember telling after uh, I, I, when I went back to class in high school, after telling a friend of mine about that, and he said, oh, oh, the Aerosmith ride, what happens? Does it, is it old and crusty and everything falls apart? <laughs> Jesus. Do you look Will you get one out more of here? Break? Sure, sure. Yeah, one let's more take a break. I know that, and my dick sucks. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. It my sucks dick su- and blows. My, ducks, my dick sucks. <laughs> Your dick sucks and blows. <laughs> it it's blows funny. My, my chunks. <laughs> and I blow chunkers. That's how it goes. Right. You got to figure out what Chunky does. <laughs> you, you blow chunks, you and I blow chunks. You had all summer to figure it out. All right, all right. All right. Yeah, you always shut down that shit hard. <laughs> Whenever we're talking about... I think you should leave Matt. Damn it. Matt's like, shut up. Uh, what, what? Clap. Talking about what? I think you should leave the show. I don't shut it down. You talked about it for an hour and a half when Aaron, I was here clap. setting up. Aaron. Okay. Are you, what are you, Tinder? Well, my dick sucks, dude. Well, <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> let's go. In, try- in and out's closing. And we're back. And we're back. All right. So now we're going to, my, my lovely gentleman boys here. We're going to move on. And <laughs> 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 any pictures God, of this story? Fucking damn it! <laughs> Do you have any We're visual never aids? gonna finish this. No, you will. You will. You have some ahead. visual aids. All right. So now we're gonna we're gonna move on to the last uh, park I want to talk about. Uh, the last theme park in this uh, story. That the I last wanna, gate. The last gate that I want to get into, uh, which is California Adventure, and I kind of uh, yes. I kind of want to talk about this park as this started as me looking into one or two attractions, and then I realized I just kind of have to talk about this whole park in talk general because this thing, it, this is the fever dream of Michael Eisner, like. Absolutely. So, like, we've been discussing Michael Eisner. He's got to be one of the most fascinating figures in Disney history. Like I said, saving the company from bankruptcy, 
fully transforming the theme parks into something mm-hmm. completely different from what was originally conceived, uh, and, but still gets a bad rap as his time for CEO, mostly because uh, his most successful projects, like I said, were fueled by spite. Uh, <laughs> like I said, the living season Epcot was despite SeaWorld. MGM despite uh, Universal. Animal Kingdom was despite Bush Gardens in Tampa. Uh, and Makes like sense. we have California Adventure despite the entire state of California. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you? Listen to that Bush Beer Company. <laughs> so he realized that visitors from out of state would only spend a small amount of time here at uh, in the Disneyland Resort, like a day or two, before breaking off to go see the, the rest, rest of, of the, the Golden State, state? Yeah. that this beautiful state has You're to offer. You're shitting me. Yeah, he realized that that was the thing, and how, he was like, "How dare we?" Uh, well, There's probably stats, you know. He's probably like looking so at like movement stats. It, would, it like, would be literally let's like he would look at it and say, "People are coming here for a Yosemite, day, and they're going to Yosemite, and then mm-hmm. moving on." Yeah. yeah. So what can I do to at least keep them here for one more day, maybe two or three? So he real um. So uh, when it came time to make the second gate for the resort here. Uh, he decided that he would replicate some of the famous sites from around the state of California uh, so that they people wouldn't have a reason to leave the Disney bubble. Skid Row. Um, from now on, Wildfires. I'm going to refer to California Adventure as DCA for the rest, just to save syllables in my fucking brain. DCA, Disney's California Adventure. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, another thing that motivated the creation of DCA was money. Every single design throughout the park was made as cheaply as humanly possible, mm. which meant that everything that makes a theme park a theme park was like done for as little money. Which really, uh, which it ruined everything. I mean, what it really resulted in was a lot of these uh, rides in there being like cookie cutter and off the shelf. Uh, even like the themed lands themselves were done so cheaply that included a seaside pier, which literally went against everything Walt Disney ever stood for when he opened Disneyland. And when you're at the pier, half the time there's like half the water is not in the pier. Not in, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The lake was would be drained half the time because yeah. they'd be working on the on the World of Color show in there <laughs> yeah. or whatever the fuck it is. Um, uh, so like I said, uh, the seaside pier, a Hollywood back lot, uh, these are a lot cheaper than let's say a wild West town in the mountains or like the depths of Southeast Asia, like in animal kingdom. Mm. Uh, and frankly, the entire concept at its core was flawed as a California themed theme park in the middle of California just yeah. doesn't make any sense <laughs> when you also consider that no Disney properties take place in California. Oh, right. Uh, none. Which means you could never smoothly integrate Disney characters into the concept of a California-themed park. Even the most famous commercial for the park of the time showed a bunch of characters looking over the fence from <laughs> Disneyland and be like, what's going on there? Uh, and they like they sent Buzz Lightyear on a recon mission. Really fun, like one minute ad. You can look, you can just look up original California Adventure ad on YouTube, and it's very very silly. Um, the only ride that had anything to do with a Disney property on opening day was a very loosely themed Little Mermaid carousel. Mm. It's the only thing that it literally any connection to. Any Disney And it's property. a carousel. It was a ch- <laughs> not even a, Aaron, not even like a big carousel. It was a children's carousel, like maybe the size of this room. 
Like it was damn small, but obviously you know all the things are a little secret. I mean, it was cute, but like apartment, but yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, your living room is the size of a small carousel. <laughs> yeah, great. It's a great apartment in Chinatown. What in Chinese? <laughs> yeah, that, that's also an attraction of California Adventure. <laughs> yeah, his, his over the uh, years Chineseville. Yeah, they say they made the railroads. <laughs> they made a monorail. <laughs> People so, mover. Uh, what what we're left is with here is a Disney park with no, almost no Disney, a stupid name, a micro budget, a design uh, to spit on the very state it was built in, <laughs> and the weirdest overall park experience yeah. ever. Really quick, and, I just gotta say, yeah, 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 baby. To the cynical uh, tourists, mm-hmm. which which is also a shopper, mm-hmm. if you could be like, if I could go to one place and take a the California experience without doing all the shit. Why wouldn't I do that? Do you know what I mean? Good. No, I would sooner. No, but on paper, Oh, on paper, on paper, it, if you're a tourist and you haven't been to California, you you don't know big Sur, You don't know Joshua tree. You don't know all that shit. And then you go like, well, we could also go to Disney, which is familiar to us because we've been to other Disney, you know, I mean, as we as we get into this, you're gonna see where it's like, okay, okay but like, why this? Right. Yeah, Ra- yeah, like rather than like some of the other. I'm things I'm just that saying you the pitch. Experience. The pitch has a little bit of a, a, a cynical. How so I, yeah, there's there's a nug there's a night there's a, a potentiality in a the idea but, of a decent idea somewhere in there. If yeah. there was like a land in the park themed after the experience of California, yeah. sure. Yes. But an entire theme park based on the concept of it's all California. Right. In the middle of Go ahead. So when the park first opened, the first things that would greet guests when they would walk up to the park in the esplanade between Disneyland and California Adventure in DC were these giant letters that would spell out California in case anyone forgot what state they were in. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's a separate park. You like you have to walk across the parking lot to get. No, there. not a parking lot. It was literally just like it's not a hundred feet. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to walk across the like a tarmac. A little, yeah, a little, yeah, yeah, a little thing. Um, though I got as much as I make fun of the old California letters that were spelled. The, the idea. This was inherently cool. The concept was that it was supposed to look like a giant postcard for California. Got uh, it. But you would only get that full effect when you were standing perfectly center in the esplanade mm-hmm. looking at it. Anywhere else you would stand, it would just look like a cool, like sort of cool looking mosaic. Okay. Uh, it was whatever. Um, it, <laughs> like I said, at its core was a cool idea, but ultimately lost on pretty much everyone that would take pictures in front of it. Like no one would understand that it's like, I wish there was like a marking on the ground. Yeah, that exactly. would be like, here's where you stand. Like, like how they have like the photo pass thing, like have that there to indicate like, Hey, here's where you stand. If you want like yeah. this really cool looking, like California sunset mosaic with mm-hmm. like the golden gate bridge in the background. You sound like a fun engineer. A fun engineer? <laughs> I really Fun. wish I had the math skills to be an Imagineer. Like, I really wish. No, no, like, no. And that's why you're a Fungineer. Yeah, a Fungineer. Yeah. A Fungineer. I, I, I just want to say really quickly also, yeah, baby. one of the first things you said uh, when we were talking about, even before your, uh, 
your first profile was you talked about doing specifically Imagineers on the show. I love, and, and we didn't really say throughout the course of this entire program what an Imagineer is. Yes, that is that is very oh, yeah. very true. Good call. Good call. So um, just briefly explain what that is. So an Imagineer, um, the, the it's a very broad term for anybody that works behind the scenes at any Walt Disney theme park. So this can mean like you're you actually are physically building the models, or you're painting sets, or creating miniatures, or you know for for whatever phase of like a process, whether it's a show, a ride, yeah. a restaurant, a hotel, any anything that's involved in the design. Uh, backstage elements yeah. of what you uh, see uh, at a Disney. visual director of sorts, uh, of yeah. sorts, and and especially once these things are now coming into the three dimensional in something yeah. like a ride or an interactive show or whatever. Yes, I mean yeah. if anybody out there, if I'm sparking, if you don't know anything about this, and I'm sparking your interest at all, truly the Disney Plus series, the Imagineering story, is fantastic. Ooh, I never I heard mean, of you're that. You're gonna see. It's it's like a little I I you could obviously it's a little it's bias because it's in Disney but Plus. also it's <laughs> it doesn't shy away from saying shit like there was union disputes with Walt like oh, he was kind cool. of like okay. it doesn't shy away from the, it it whitewashes it without ignoring it sure um but it it's it's a great fucking series man like I. I even I, someone who's seen like a hundred million YouTube videos on all of these things was still learning a little something from watching this. Yeah. Uh, and it's an extremely accessible series for anybody who's interested yeah. in any of this. And it sounds like there's people coming from just like Hollywood costuming set design and, yeah. and they're all putting together yeah. this type of shit. And it's laid out kind of in the way that I laid this out where really? it's like, it starts at the beginning of the Disney parks and like works its way through the timeline of how this all kind of okay. came together. Just um, a little segue. Though it's yeah. For the, Seriously, for the Listener. If you're out there, you're listening, check out the Imagineering story. Maybe my favorite thing that was there, like day one Disney Plus. Yeah. Like incredible, That's incredible really cool. shit. Really cool. You also get like restored footage from like like fully colorized restored footage huh. from like the original telecasts and like you know opening day stuff where you're you're watching and you're going oh this was shot like yesterday but like this was filmed nice. in 1955 wow cool and it's it's gorgeous looking there's a lot of really cool like the wonderful world of disney like park specials are on disney plus wow. super cool to watch um so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like California say, Adventure. Sorry, California Adventure. <laughs> the outside, the front of it, looked, it was supposed to be like a giant postcard. Um, there was also, like I said, there was a scale model of the Golden Gate Bridge that guests would actually walk under as they were entering the park. Oh. Um, that uh, would actually have the Disneyland monorail passing like through it. So this was a really cool, picturesque thing to look at. You'd think that uh, having the monorail passing over a major looking thing in California Adventure, uh, right at the entrance of the park, you there's had to be a monorail station in the park, right? I mean, like, why would you put a monorail station, like a monorail coming right through the entrance of the park if you're not going to put a station there, right? Yeah, so there wasn't a monorail station in this park at all. It would just like pass over and it was like, huh, where can I? Uh? There was only ever two monorail stations in Disneyland, one in the middle of Disneyland and Tomorrowland and way off in the outskirts of the downtown Disney shopping area near the hotels. It was the only, so makes no fucking sense yeah. for this thing to literally be front and center in this park. Be like, look at the monorail. You can't ride it though. 
so pissed. <laughs> so the main street, the main street of the the equivalent of Main Street in this park was called Sunshine Plaza and had vague California theming throughout. It's a pot um, store. It was loaded. Uh, it was loaded with about let's say roughly forty five million puns. Uh, every every single place you looked. Uh, my personal favorite one at the time being Burbank Ice Cream. <laughs> Personally, Whoa, that was my that, that was, was my nice. only yeah yeah yeah. yeah. That, that's the um, best one. It Burr looked cheap back. and it felt cheap. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing of note to mention here was the sun icon, which was supposed to be like the castle. You know, like it's supposed to be like. Uh, you know, Disneyland has yeah. Sleeping Beauty's castle, Magic Kingdom has Cinderella's castle, Epcot's got Spaceship Earth. Uh, but this was just like a giant, like, I guess, bronze looking sun that wasn't even that big and impressive looking. <laughs> and like the idea well, yeah, was that it was supposed to like, <laughs> it was supposed to like catch and reflect the light, like given by this, but like it wasn't even built properly in the right place. So they actually had to build like reflecting panels to make the light oh, go every, to everything you're establishing about this is is saying this park is a half-assed which is also thing. very california whole, say, and, and it's a mickey mouse operation this is a mickey mouse ranking operation <laughs> honestly matt you're not wrong like this this whole thing was built for so cheap yeah like Walt Disney died for this and this is still eisner and it's still this his is baby still eisner. this is if anything this is the eisner park like this is the one that uh, he was like oh yeah i I believe in this. This is everything no I ever wanted. Like this was the tea for for Michael Eisner. <laughs> this was like this was it. Um, honestly, but by the way, this sun icon wasn't even the most impressive sun in the park. Like there was literally a cooler looking sun on the Ferris wheel in the par in the like seaside pier area. Like what? Okay. Uh, it literally it looked like a hubcap spray painted gold like it, it was awful looking the next main area of the park it was called the golden state and this was broken down into six sublands which if that sounds excessive it is uh completely excessive. most other lands in disney if you were going to break it down into sublands two maybe three six come on now just fucking break it up into multiple lands. <laughs> so these were called Condor Flats, Grizzly Peak Recreation Area, Pacific Wharf, Wharf Bountiful, Har Bountiful Harvest Farm, Golden Vine Winery, and the Bay Area. So I'm going to blow through most of these really quickly because there's not much to say. First, we'll start with the <laughs> Bay Area, which the only thing of note to mention here was a, uh, a show, like a movie called Golden Dreams. Which is, of course, Dreams of Golden Showers. Yes, um, no. Nice. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> sorry, drunk. Uh, this was basically a <laughs> film about the history of California, telling the story through a fictional character, Queen Calafia, played by Whoopi Goldberg. No. <laughs> as the framing device for the stories to be told. Um, guess what? Enter the theater of replica of the Bernard Maybach facade of the San Francisco's Palace of the Fine Arts. Very cool looking, but obviously very small compared to what the actual Palace of the Fine Arts looks like in San Francisco. If you've never been spectacular, it's gorgeous. Have you ever been anybody? I've been to San Francisco, but not to the Palace no. of the Fine Arts. I mean, it's like, it's outside of what was a, the old location for the Exploratorium. 
you know the Exploratorium, the Hands-On Science Museum? Okay, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all haven't lived in no, the Exploratorium. Get him, Joe. <laughs> Come on now. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Um, basically, it was just an educational film. Like, but... I hate the Hall of Presidents that we've mentioned, we talked about earlier, uh, but like at least they have cool animatronics. Yeah, at least it's not yeah. a Queen Latifah movie. This was literally <laughs> just a history lesson. Yeah. Like on like. Not exciting. Uh, no one needs that. Next, we're going to move on to Bountiful Valley Farm. Now, if you think that name is exciting, I can't <laughs> wait to tell you what the attraction if was. You think that name is exciting. Bountiful Valley Farm was a display of farm equipment. And some flowers and some old farm equipment and farm equipment merch. And that's it. You know, the plow uh, was able to cut through the soil. I mean, it's the magic of Disney. (laughs) That Uh, is really desperate, dude. This was literally the very first attraction mentioned in the guide maps. Like you would open in the first thing. Come to the junkyard. Is Bountiful Valley Farm presented by Caterpillar. Yeah. Experience Ah, a growing tribute to California's heartland. And was it it funded by Caterpillar? It was literally. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. No, really? Yeah, yeah. You would go and look at Caterpillar tractors, and that's it. That's amazing. So these people come from fucking Kansas. There's Caterpillar tractors all over the place. Like, hey, you got to go see the plow. They're like, I have this at home. (laughs) I know this. The only other attraction in this area was uh, a 3D movie called It's Tough to Be a Bug, which was a borrowed 3D movie from Animal Kingdom in Florida. It was already open there. Uh, and in Florida, it's housed inside in Animal Kingdom inside their centerpiece, the Tree of Life, which is a gorgeous, like hundreds foot, like uh, it's a tree with every animal conceivable carved into the bark of it. It's stunning to look at. It remains cool. my favorite icon of any Disney park. Wow. It's so fucking cool because like you see the animals on on the actual tree and then you get on that line and you start walking well, they got and a you see here. that like even the roots <laughs> are carved Can't into be. animals and stuff and it's so pretty. Um, the one here uh, is inside of a square warehouse looking building um, <laughs> with Bountiful Valley Farms uh, on painted on the side. And they have like crop it circles was, or something. Literally, it was an ad for the rest of the attraction that was around. Ugh. So stupid. And then next to that was the Golden Vine Winery, which offered wine tastings and a film about wine. Um, that's it. For uh, the moms. Then there was the Pacific <laughs> Wharf, which was uh, also next to Bountiful Valley Farm with multiple food offerings and a couple of films. And that guy um, from the Star Trek. Yes. Wharf, um, nice. Yeah. Nice. We did that earlier, but nice. Uh, uh, there was a sourdough bread factory that you yes. can go oh. into. Yes, honestly, my parents and I, we went through Disney, and I, was, I, like, I asked my friend Dana, he's like, do all this stuff in Disney. And then go to get your free bread. Yeah. Then go to California, look at the bread, and then do the thing where you fly above everything. And that's the only thing to do in California. Wait, so adventure. California Adventure still exists? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I thought this was a failed. No. No. Oh, that- it was failed, but they've improved on it over the years. Okay. Like they fixed it yeah. over there. They're not just gonna close a yeah, Disney that, theme park. They're gonna so, yeah, fix they're not it. gonna turn it into a parking lot. It already was. It already was. <laughs> We're gonna fucking fix it. You understand? Also, you should check out you, the, the parking lot attraction. <laughs> you have to know. John, they, they're never going to close a Disney theme I, I park know, and, in its and, entirety. And also, that's part of the strength, right? 
uh, Euro Disney, huge joke. It's still it, there. It's still yeah. there. Now, have, but now, the now known as Disneyland Paris. It right. changed its name. Well, yeah, they had to rebrand. But I'm just <laughs> saying, the way you introduced California Adventure, I was like, all right, well, this thing's going down the tube. Well, yeah. the thing, but you're not <laughs> wrong, though, because almost everything that I'm going to talk about here, it's not there anymore. Yeah. That's why it turned into, I want to talk about this one ride, this other thing. And then it was like, wait, but the whole experience of the original California Adventure is pretty much gone yeah. like it's an absurd thing um so that like i said there was a sourdough bread the factory sour, you, you see bread you see bread but the, then you get a, the process you get of a bread piece of sin you get a nice piece yes. of sourdough at yes. the end yeah, uh, freshly baked sourdough wow. it, it, uh, and the next it, to it, that it's um, very much like the you know the the movies or the all the things they were doing earlier where they're where the, they're the production of something yeah the grass growing you know yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. going through all of this stuff and you get to see bread made and you go now I appreciate oh, cool. bread. With I wait, shit. <laughs> Fuck. I know one of these one of these films, like one of like the the actor hosts in it. Oh my god, I wish I could remember. I feel like it's Rosie O'Donnell or something oh, like I that. Love like something bread. really wild. Um, bread, the people. The other thing food. that was there, the other thing that was there was a tortilla factory sponsored by Mission Tortilla. <laughs> and Amazing. you would if it was your birthday, they would give you a fucking bag of tortillas for free. That's nice. Wow, because those are all of no 40 way, cents. No yeah. way to prove no. it. Hey, it was a great way for if you were like 19 <laughs> and broke, you would go say, it's my birthday, and they give you, you a bag of tortillas. But you got to pay for the ticket. You got to pay $40 to get in there. Okay, I'm going to put it like this. I'm going to put it like this. You're a 19-year-old college student uh, who made the stupid decision of I'm going to buy a Disney pass. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Now it's checking out. Now it's right. checking out. That and I'm going to go there all the time. Uh, You're like, I got to use the bank. I can't afford to eat. <laughs> I got to get some I can't I'm get loaded on some here. free wine. What can I do? Learn I'm going to use go a to the Mission Tortilla tractor. Factory, get a free bag of tortillas, <laughs> and there's my fucking snack for the day. Fair. Fair. So... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty much, aside from all that, that's pretty much it for that little section of what was known as the Golden State. Dude, um, I, I, that's completely, I never heard of California Adventure. This is so funny. I can't believe it. I never heard of that. <laughs> um, never. Next up, next up in the Golden State area, in the other uh, side of the Golden State area was a place called, it was the subsection Condor Flats, yeah. which is where Soren is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it the I, the ride itself isn't inherently weird, but I, I love the theming around it. Really, is because it's like themed like a desert airfield. Yeah. Like this bird's almost dead. <laughs> all the buildings around it's like resembled sword. plane hangars. The ground painted to look like a tarmac. Some of like old timey planes and parts were scattered mm-hmm. throughout the area. It's very bizarre. The whole place sounds like a junkyard. <laughs> I mean, basically. Uh, next to this was probably it. Was is and will probably always remain my favorite area. Your of the favorite park. smoking spot, uh, the Grizzly River <laughs> Recreation Area, uh, which was meant to look like the state, like the northern half of the state, like the national parks up there, like Yosemite. Absolutely stunning area of a park, impeccably themed. Um, it houses a uh, uh, an amazing rapids ride, which is really fun. Still there, I think I remember. Um, and the theming hasn't changed. At all, it still remains exactly 100% the same as it was. Um, it it also has the huge rock formation in the shape of a bear right. that would become 
what the everyone would know is like the park icon mm. for that. Like people, like the they California Adventure would try to have the sun icon be it's bear, like its dude. thing. It's the fucking giant mountain shaped in the head of a bear. Which you is insane? on the state flag. Like, yeah, that's a, yeah. And you got to go back to the Kaiser pig. If you're going to have a rock <laughs> bear, it's an aluminum pig. It's the same there, shit. There really isn't anything like weird or crazy about this place. If anything, it's like the most idyllic yeah. location in I any U.S. Disney park. Yeah, like, I remember Grizzly Rabbit. Yeah, it the, is. The, the, the tube. You're in the There's big raft There's a back tube. Like, little walkway where you can walk like around the back of the ride that no one, literally almost never a soul is on. Yeah, I think is, one of my friends got a hand job back there on grad night. Oh, dude, that's where that's. I mean, it <laughs> used to be where like the smoking section was, yeah. and like you can. I mean, like wait, 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 even today, you could the... probably get away with smoking half a cigarette back yeah. there, and no one would see you. Yeah, that like, bust nice. down. Good. No, like, <laughs> bust down. Right near there was one of the bathrooms. There was a huge smoking section there. Yeah. That's, oh, like obviously they're all gone, but that was like the that smoking was the area. One. Yeah, you could see all these dads being like. Because it was huge. Right. Like, it wasn't like this, like, little fenced-off area. It was this yeah. giant stretch of walkway yeah. that was the just the smoking area. Like, well, I can't believe I had these kids. That because <laughs> there was nothing on this pathway, no one would ever walk it. Yeah. Sure. And still no one ever walks it because there's nothing to see or do. Yeah, you got to be on the rapids. Huge Why would you be path. there? Yeah. yeah. You got to be smoking cigarettes. But it's like if you can imagine, like, there's two paths that are going like this, and the ride is in the middle. Right. Everybody takes this path. No one takes that path. Right. right. And it's still like that. Right. It's, it's kind of just like that phenomenon of human traffic that no one's going to walk that way yeah. for some reason. Yeah. It makes no sense. It freaks wow. them out. Yeah. It freaks them out. You're going to use Aerosmith there. <laughs> <laughs> and you say, so um, you're saying that when we go for the first time, you take me for the first time, that we can smoke stokes on that fucking thing? No, we're gonna we can't. We're going to get kicked the fuck out <laughs> if we try yeah, to smoke fine, inside fine. that park. <laughs> um, so now like uh, we've we've reached the peak, the, the, the pinnacle the of DCA. So obviously the rest is just going to be downhill from here. It's Fantastic. all going to be. That's my favorite. Uh, well, very well. I say very quickly, but obviously that's you know it loaded. Yeah. yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about Paradise Pier, uh, which has gone through the most changes of anywhere in this park over the years. Uh, it's now known as Pixar Pier, uh, oh, and before no. that, uh, it was also it was Paradise Pier, but um, it was known for evoking this like 1940s, very like like kitschy. Noirish. Specific time period uh, seaside amusement park. But before that, Paradise Pier on opening day was a perfect recreation of a slightly cheap, slightly rundown, slightly tacky present day boardwalk amusement park. Mm. There was nothing special about any of the rides. They were all quite literally off the shelf rides, like swings, a wild mouse uh, roller coaster, swings? like you know, like the you know the, the swings that those would like, swings, oh. the carousel-ish yeah. swings, yeah, which are fun, but you could find it every Anywhere. fucking carnival any in carnival. the world. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, Ferris like wheel. a launch tower, you know, like one of those where you just, you'd sit, oh, it would shoot yeah. up, you'd come back down and that's it. Um, though I will say that launch tower was pretty cool looking cause the, the theme was to look like one of those like carnival games where you hit the mallet and the bell oh, would ring. So that, is cool. that was kind of Plus cool. You get to, what, what did you, what did you get to see? Did you get to see like all of like the park? And yeah. Everything? But like, what was there to see? Disneyland. You see Disneyland over there and be like, God, yeah, I wish it was a California. God, I wish I spent my hundred dollars going to that park. Uh, 
Out of all of these cheap, terrible rides, the one I want to mention here was the Orange Stinger, which was the, it was the Swings ride. Uh, and the only reason that this was of any note is that uh, it was a typical Swings ride that was inside of a giant orange. Uh, it is Tropicana. For <laughs> no reason. California's unknown for oranges. Like no, that well, is, actually. Well, you know, are they? Well, Orange Cal- County. That's fair, but there's I mean, also the, Orange County, Florida. Where, where they built, well, the, where they built Disneyland was or oh, Orange Grove. You're right. As far as the eye could see, dude. You're right. You're right. You're right. But mm. nowadays, it's like <laughs> no, when you, no, nowadays, you think yeah. oranges, no, you think almonds. Florida. It's yeah. almonds and yeah. I agree. Water. I agree. Yeah. No, no. It, you're right. The thing opened in like what, like 2001. Like, yeah, but it's a nod back. It's to a the, nod. You know. Um, Here we displace people. So the uh, it was inside of a giant orange, and the seats were made to look like bees. Oh, um, but bees? these were so poorly designed that they were removed after 13 days. Days. <laughs> That's not good. Mm-hmm. As apparently, like, parts the of the seats were falling <laughs> off. Like, <laughs> it also smelled like oranges inside this thing, and there would be the sound of bees buzzing. That oh sounds my like a God. fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. What a, a nightmare. disaster. A stinger. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about in this area it was the roller coasters, California Screaming, uh, which is a good roller coaster. It's completely fine. Uh, but the more you think about it, the more it'll make your brain melt. Because, okay, it is a steel roller coaster themed to look like an unthemed wooden roller coaster in a land themed as an unthemed seaside pier in a California themed theme park in the middle of the already California themed California. That's so, that's so, that's so stupid. Every what if we were uh, not? Yeah. I, need I to, took I, that last bit. I will say I took that last bit from Defunct Land. I will say a California themed theme park in the is. already California themed California. <laughs> that's a that's a Kevin Perjurer line, and I needed to take because that's the funniest that's, fucking thing I've ever heard. So all, the, all these things that you were saying about you know it's a, a nondescript pier and a nondescript border. yeah yeah I'll say that's it again. Kinda, that's kind of the again. point. A, a steel roller coaster themed as an unthemed wooden roller coaster. Yeah. In a land themed as an unthemed yeah. seaside pier. We're, we're doing, we're, do, we're, simu- we're simulating the rickety roller coaster that might fall apart. Right. Is, 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 when, when, right. when we actually are a safe roller coaster, <laughs> that maybe will not kill maybe you. we we were really cheap about it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's so funny. It, it seems all the things that you were saying before, you know, the generic Ferris wheel, generic bounce shoot up the swing shower, yeah. the swings. It's kind of the point. Yeah, it yes, was the point. Yes, yes. But the thing was because there was no like. Like the, the, people were able to the, the uh, best give it more no leeway theme. when they rethemed <laughs> it to be like, well, we're going to be like a pier in the 40s. Right. Then people were like willing to give it a little bit more leeway because At it was like, 2000s prices. Yeah. Um, somehow with all of this that I've already talked about, this isn't even come close to the most insane thing that was happening at DCA. There's more? Oh, yeah. The final land here at the time of opening was Hollywood Pictures Backlot. Now, I do. I want to start off by telling you how the elephant statues that were out front looked like they'd been skinned alive. Oh, my God. Um, but what I learned about this is that it's even more baffling than that. So these elephants, they would say there would be two elephants on pillars that would greet you, that, that would be the entrance to Hollywood Backlot, uh, Hollywood Pictures Backlot. Um these elephants were specifically based off of the Babylon set from the 1916 film Intolerance. 
which was such a box office bomb, it bankrupted the studio and it left its director in financial ruin for the rest of his life. These elephants greeting you into this area are a literal monument to failure. (laughs) Wow. The rest of this area is home to maybe the the worst Disney attraction of all time, and we'll get there. First of all, the theming of this land is completely confused. Is it a set? Is it a backlot? Why do all these buildings have pun names like Ben Hare and Epic Salon or Dial M for muscle workouts? No. <laughs> Why is Dial the M-, M for muscle workouts? Yeah. Why is the entrance themed old Hollywood, but the inside of the land looks like modern tacky Hollywood? Nothing makes sense. Nothing. I want to talk about one show, one restaurant, and one ride in this area, and then we're done. The big show in the area at the time of opening was called Steps in Time, and it was a musical review of different Disney songs. Now, I I really cannot get that deep into this, because again, we could do an entire episode about this show alone. Uh... Or not even, I, I, I could come back and do 20, 20 minutes on this show by itself. It's fascinatingly bad and weird. I will say it featured actual child actors on stage uh, oh. and a fairy godmother character that looks like RuPaul in 1997. That's cool. <laughs> uh, That's progressive. That was uncomfortably flirty with the kids on stage. Oh, yeah. Where are uh, they now? Not only that, but at one point, the main child actor sings A Whole New World, the most famous love duet from Disney ever with this fairy godmother oh, character. Nice. Uh, the show was so hated that it closed in less than a year. It's since been replaced by Aladdin live on stage, which was in turn replaced by Frozen live on stage. Both extreme improvements, really cool live shows, really cool effects for like a theme park 40 minute musical that you go and see. Really, really fun. Um, Very big improvements over steps in time. Uh, The restaurant in this area was called the ABC Soap Opera Primetime Bistro. That's a what? Bad, that's a bad name. It's a bad name. There's like nine syllables in there. Like <laughs> ABC Prime ABC Rib? Soap Opera Primetime Bistro. Which is so just many call it a syllables. restaurant. This theme this restaurant was themed around, you guessed it, the ABC soap operas at the time. <laughs> I did guess it. In with my head, soap I totally operas are not prime time. With the different Day Exactly, they're daytime. General um, Hospital. Each area of the restaurant. Wait, what kind of food does General Hospital have? I'm sorry. Jello, go ahead. Go, hospital go, go, food. Go, go, go. So each each one of these areas, the restaurant was split up into seven distinctly <laughs> themed different areas. Oh, no. From uh, the afternoon lineup of General Hospital, One Life to Live, All My Children, and Port Charles. My grandmother would have loved this. So these areas were Luke's Bar, uh, Kelly's, the Docks, the Stables, the Lion View Country Club, Chandler Mansion, and the Nurses Station. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. The hosts would be dressed as ABC Pages. Uh, and each area of the restaurant was themed so much down to the different types of chairs used in the different areas. Oh my God. Are people who, I mean, so this to this day is one of the most heavily themed restaurants that's ever been in any Disney park. Like they threw, and I've never been, but I've seen photos 
and genuinely wish I could have gone to this restaurant. Well, it's you did background on kind of, I, I've done, I did soaps. Many an episodes of General Hospital in my life. And wow. so, oh, yeah, you you have a you have a look of about you that says background on the hospital. I'm sorry, I didn't. Miss <laughs> Ma'am, she didn't always have blue hair. Like, come on now. Yeah, what do you think he's gonna go to the hospital all the time? What are you talking about? I'm gonna, I was trying to I'm think of an insulting thing to say fastest, friendly. I'm gonna take the fastest pee break before we talk about the final thing here. The right. last ride, right. the last everything. Right. Because this is the pinnacle of insanity. This is the hell of Mr. Toad. Coming up, right? It's, right. it's what if Michael Eisner had a fever dream of what Mr. Toad could be? Is what... I like that. I could do with that. I could do with that. I know you're just fucking Hey, hungry. hey. Hey, why didn't you get any food? I have a burger that's in my, in my fridge. No, I have an Amboy burger. That's uh, my... an Amboy. Amboy is a fucking the guy who used to work. He's the guy on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> He's a one of the chefs from Egg Slut <laughs> made his own restaurant, and I I I saved the burger for yes for tomorrow, yeah, and it's in the freezer. And you're gonna have it tomorrow. Well, I I, I, I appreciate. I, it. I, I took the bun. I took the bun and the burger apart so I could. So make it doesn't get soggy. The, the burger yeah. from the bun. He extracted yeah. the burger from the bun. Yeah, mm-hmm. behind I mean, his I, own. I, I can bun. cook it if you in the in, in the thing if you want it. No, thank you. It's very sweet of you. It's going to be uh, fucking delicious. For you, tomorrow, when you... Why don't you go to McDonald's? (laughs) McDonald's. (laughs) You know, they say it's McDonald's, but mine's McDonald's. The Big Mac. You ever the Big Mac? When's When's the Whopper coming out? The Whopper? No, the Whopper. The Whopper? The Whopper. Or the Whopper, which is Italian. <laughs> That's Italian for hamburger. Do we need to clap? No, I'm just waving so I recognize the video later. <laughs> I was, um, what, what you swatting at? <laughs> no, I'm gonna look at this in four weeks and go. When? What? Who? All very, right. very quickly before we. I, I just think y'all would appreciate this little thing that popped into my brain. Uh, years down the line into California Adventure, they were trying to like bolster like the the teens come hang out, young adults in your twenties come hang out here. So they would have the dance parties. Oh, uh, like nightly right. dance parties yeah. at California Adventure. The one, the notable one was the Electron dance party. Yeah, I do remember which that. Which was fucking trippy dude like you'd walk up to like the entrance of the area and like there would be like a giant fucking spotlight on you and you would hear a voice be like welcome programs and it was was a Tron themed dance party no way with a Flynn's arcade that you could like go and play like Centipede and Dig Dug and I just saw Tron Legacy was in for the first time like dude Tron Legacy is fucking great it's fucking awesome dude it's Gorgeous it's looking. Oh, it's so gorgeous. Cool. And I, I, Flynn's I, I Arcade really is that California Adventure. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, they have a Flynn's Arcade you can go to. No, no, no. Uh, well, they, they closed. That, it's now gone with that air. What was Flynn's Arcade Star-Cade. now holds the what would be the Avengers Quinjet. And you it's a uh, sometimes a Black Panther meet and greet, sometimes a Captain Marvel, a Black Widow. Like they do Marvel meet and greets over in Hollywood Backlot Studios now. Did they change Starcade to Flynn's Arcade at Disneyland? No, 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 no. The Starcade is just gone. That's gone too. I know. That's a bummer. I know that's a huge bummer. So there's no Starcade. There's no Flynn's Arcade. No. 
There is no arcade, There's dude. no arcade in There's any... There's nowhere for you to shove your dirty quarters, bro. There's probably an Just arcade chill. at the hotels, I would assume. Yeah, we'll take you to Chuck E. Cheese later. Go okay. ahead. So... <laughs> Are we clapping? No, no, no. It's just for... Oh, so shit. I okay. Can know it, uh, uh. So, now, the last thing that I want to talk about is the weirdest, worst attraction, ride, show, anything that's ever cursed Disney with its presence. You already talked about it. You turned to tell us about Aerosmith, so I don't know what this is. This is a ride called Superstar Limo. <laughs> so, originally, this area of the park was designed with the centerpiece being, like, that cool building that's right outside of LAX. You know what you know what I mean? Like that. What, the 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 the, ro- uh, the restaurant. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Like which uh, also, I, by the way, was helped designed by Disney apparently. Re- like hmm. I thought it was just the hotel where you get a hand job for like fifty bucks. Right, that TWA building yeah. that's right outside <laughs> the the LAX. There's um, an In and Out by there too. Yeah, so, that's what I th- that's what I was saying. <laughs> that was supposed to be the centerpiece of this area, uh, with inside being the show building for Superstar Limo, which was going to be a I'd be a high speed dark ride roller coaster hybrid that would take guests on a wild paparazzi chase through Hollywood. No. As guests boarded the attraction, they would be greeted by Michael Eisner himself, who no. would tell the guests Hello. that they had a big premiere. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Me and my friend Princess Diana Hello. are getting in this limo. Another real fun. Another real fun thing, by the way, uh, for the listeners, go look up Michael Eisner Hello uh, compilation. Joe, Joe, we have to have you back for a Patreon for this episode. Yeah, it's true. There's so much. Yeah, there's a lot of additional there's material. There's so much we have. There's to. so much supplemental bullshit. Yeah. Um, so they were greeted by Michael Eisner, who would tell the guests that they had a big premiere at Grauman's Chinese Theater, uh, and they had to get there as soon as possible to be able to sign a contract for their next film, but warn guests about the paparazzi all over town, and if they did anything that would ruin their image, Eisner would have to cancel the deal. Classic guys there. The limo driver would then floor it in order to in order to get guests to the premiere on time. According to Disney historian Jim Hill, this would, like I said, marry the traditional dark ride with a family-friendly roller coaster that would include a bunch of jokes and gags. Uh, the ride would end with guests arriving at the Chinese theater only uh, to have Eisner inform them that he had to cancel the contract because they were caught by the paparazzi. Uh. They, uh, they would then exit the gift shop, themed to look like the inside of the Chinese theater, where guests could purchase souvenirs like fake Oscars or any other trinket that you could find on any Hollywood Boulevard gift shop. Uh, this does sound like it could have been pretty fun, but the mid nineties concept was just not what guests would experience come opening day. And this time it was not Eisner's fault. On August 31st, 1997, princess Diana was killed in a limousine (laughs) accident. (laughs) When her driver was fleeing from the paparazzi and lost control of the vehicle. The whole world was shook by the tragic death and mourning, and now Eisner and the Imagineers had a huge problem. Back to the drawing board. The ride can no longer be a high-speed chase, as it may have been seen as a sick mockery of a very real tragedy. Totally. God damn it. Uh, They considered bringing over a copy of The Great Movie Ride or The Tower of Terror from Florida, uh, (laughs) but at the time was deemed too expensive. So Imagineers Imagineers were tasked to uh, come up with a cheaper, acceptable version of what this ride would be. 
uh, for, for it to make opening day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would remove most of the references to the paparazzi, remove any high speed, uh, and have the limos, <laughs> instead of speeding, inch forward through oh, LA traffic. Traffic. show scenes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, Imagineers, the Imagineers knew this was going to be bad. Yeah. They knew it was going to be bad, and at this point considered it dead. But as it turns out, they did a little bit too good job at it. And Michael Eisner loved the script that they had wrote. He fucking loved it and greenlit the bad ride. Uh, With severe budget cuts, the Chinese theater gift shop was scrapped entirely and instead was just a small show scene inside the ride. The outside facade was decorated with very bland cartoon cutouts that would uh, that this theme would continue into the ride. Uh, The only three dimensional animation. Three-dimensional animated figures would be that of celebrities, but due to the lack of budget, these stars would either have to be cheap or already under the umbrella of Disney. Hi, I'm Ellen. <laughs> oh, you're so close, it's not even funny. Uh, Martin Short's also, also, these were not full audio animatronics that we would know. They're, yeah. They, they kind of just went like, uh, 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 like literal, like hip sure, lateral God. movement. Everything like, he, everything is just second race. Straight Showtime pizza. Make, um, Mickey Mouse. It's Mickey Mouse. The Mickey but like Mouse even the sh- Mickey Mouse, uh, Mickey Mouse, the, the Chuck E. Cheese ones would like flap their fucking yeah, mouths. Yeah, these yeah. things were like, uh, Jesus um, Walt Disney died for this. Walt Disney died for this. Uh, <laughs> so these this were barely, like I said, these were barely animated <laughs> figures that looked like caricatures of what the celebrities were supposed to be. Uh, Eisner, I guess, at this point, had realized the ride was going to be bad, mm-hmm. so uh, he made some adjustments in an attempt to save face. For instance, he removed a reference to DreamWorks animation on the ride that read "Dream Jerks" animation. <laughs> Uh, which is a which is a direct reference to a feud that was uh, that had been going on between Michael Eisner and the former president of Disney Studios Jeffrey Katzenberg, who had now worked for DreamWorks. DreamWorks. He Whoa. also he also asked the Imagineers to remove him from the ride, and Hi. his footage was uh, replaced with a sleazy Hollywood agent yelling at guests. Not far from the truth. Um, so this ride would be open on time with DCA's opening day, and boy howdy, was it as bad as everyone thought it would be. Uh, the outside of the building was decorated with cartoon cutouts of famous Los Angeles landmarks. Uh, making their way inside, guests would find themselves at the baggage claim of LAX. Further into the, the queue, famous landmarks. Well, I, the outside, it, it was like the Hollywood sign, the Griffith Observatory, sure, the Angels sure, Flight. Sure, sure. Uh, Angels, I mean, Angels, yeah. And then the baggage claim. <laughs> then then you go inside and you're at the baggage claim at LAX. Where if you're a tourist here, anyway, you're going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to. Um, but then the, uh, as oh, they Aaron's worked speaking for, for the baggage further claim. into the queue, <laughs> no, no, they I'm would saying, see on TVs. Uh, no, I'm not. They would see on TV screens in inside the queue as they were like walking to the baggage claim. It would be a puppet of Joan Rivers would be announcing. <laughs> no way. Oh, God. And, uh, uh, Hollywood's next big star has just arrived in LAX. Oh, that's uh, fun. That's meaning fun. that the next big star was you. you. 
Yeah. Nice. John Rivers. So uh, guests would then go to the ground pr- transportation area of LAX where they would get, uh, they would board their purple sparkly limousines. Uh, guests were then sent on their way into a cartoon hellscape as an announcer tells them to keep their hands, feet, and egos inside the car oh. at all times. And like Aaron, S- Steven Tyler is just around the corner. This is really bad. As the, uh, <laughs> you do not even know. This, there's more? This is the beginning of... Of the ride. As the guests entered a dark tunnel, their agent would appear on the screen attached to the vehicle. Despite him being really gro- a gross-looking puppet, this was actually <laughs> the most realistic part of the ride, uh, since it was the only thing that like actually articulated and moved its mouth. Uh, aside from, I guess, the John Rivers this puppet. This was Vincent D'Onofrio. So the first showroom was Beverly Hills. Uh, Regis Philbin pops out of a door, fanning himself with money. Uh, next up would ah, be Melanie. Regis. Next thing would be Melanie Griffith with Antonio Banderas. Then immediately following Cindy Crawford. Uh, these, these were like animatronic, animatronic but they, you can't even call them animatronics. They were like cartoon figures that would literally like go back and forth. They, they, they didn't blink. They didn't move their hands. Cindy, they didn't, oh, didn't say my anything name. that we would know Disney animatronics to be able to do, especially right. in 2001. Right. Uh, these are awful. Mickey Mouse. So the next, yeah, Mickey Mouse, rinky dink bullshit. So the next area would be sun, the sunset strip where people would get to see Tim Allen and Jackie Chan. <laughs> Thank God. Then there would be a second Finally, tunnel LA. where the agent would remind them to not be late. Uh, the third show scene would be Bel Air where guests can see Drew Carey holding a bunch of star maps in his hand. Yikes. <laughs> like, got, it's what? the Stars Homes. What? By the way, really fun promotional material you can watch for DCA where the cast of the Drew Carey show rides Superstar Limo. Oh, God. Fucking hysterical to watch these people have to pretend to be excited by this ride. Oh, God. No. Pretty remarkable. Uh, um, so, uh, guests would then <laughs> in this area would also run into sponsors trying to get them to sign advertising deals. Flashlight. Then there would be I, I, the third I, I, tunnel. I should, I, I, should, I should say, if you are a tourist coming to LA, do never, never, never do an open van tour of celebrity houses. Or unless get, you, unless you're being taken around by our good friend Rivers Langley. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, he does. That it? Is, yeah, he does tours, man. That's he, sick. That was what he was doing before Panty. That's dope. That's Panty the times. that's the only time. But like, there's so many where you just sit in traffic, and then drive by. Oh, a house. so Demi Lovato threw up in front of this building <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah, that's. It's um, bad. So uh, then guests would enter the third tunnel featuring yet again another reminder from your agent to not <laughs> be late uh, before they would enter the fourth show scene, Malibu. Here, guests would encounter Cher standing in the corner of the room looking like she didn't want to be there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. in a child's crib. Then they, then they would enter the studio lots where guests would encounter paparazzi, screenwriters, and PA all represented through cheap cut. PAs all represented through cheap cutouts. Paul- they didn't, they didn't use actual PAs. No. no. Paul Thomas Anderson. After this, go, guests would finally arrive at the premiere and are greeted by Queen Cal- Calafia herself, Whoopi Goldberg. Once again, <laughs> here uh, I am. Guests would then enter the final tunnel where their agent would tell them, they're a superstar. And that's the ride. That's Superstar Lemo. 
That ends? It, that's, that's how it ends. It's no surprise that this ride was universally hated by anyone so who went on to, to it. It wasn't just Superstar Limo itself, oh but California it's Adventure insulting. as a whole. The concept was bad. The execution worse. It's no surprise that less than a year later, in January 2002, the attraction would be closed and replaced. <laughs> With? A few concepts were thrown around. My personal favorite one being uh, the, it would be the same ride, but it would feature the Muppets through out, yes. Who would Perfect. wait, wait, wait for it, Matt? Who would be actively doing construction on the ride, commenting <laughs> on how bad the ride was? Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Perfect. God Sadly, it. this didn't come to this didn't see the light of day. Really it, wish it did. It, it should That's, be a like a, a ride to rehab adventure. Uh, <laughs> instead of it was, Aerosmith, instead it Steven was replaced. Tyler. It was replaced by Monsters Inc. Mike and Sully to the rescue. Okay. Uh, but it uses the exact same track, the exact same vehicles, but painted to look like taxis instead of limos. Uh, it, it literally. They reused everything to the point where they didn't even remove the celebrity animatronics. Mm -hmm. They just put costumes over it. <laughs> they like would they stripped them of whatever yeah, that like, oh uh, of like the outside. They put like share. the um, yeah. you know like, you, you remember <laughs> Monsters Inc. Like like the people in like the yellow hazmat suits yeah. that were coming like there's a monster like oh there's a child in the area. Like all of the celebrities are still scattered throughout, but now in like those outfits. Wow. Sure, they anonymized them. That is great. And sure, that was really good voice acting. Oh, thank you. Um, it's and very that, talented. That that ride would receive mixed reviews. <laughs> Nothing could compare to the hatred that people had for Superstar Limo. Yeah. Uh, is that Cher? I thought that was Gene Simmons. <laughs> no, nah, he was too expensive. <laughs> we had to get Cher instead. <laughs> and boys. That's all I wanted to come and talk about. Oh, that's that's the, we, the end. Jesus Christ, Joe! I feel like there's I've taken twice you all as on much, a journey. I feel like there's twice as much to talk about. Yes. I really do want to let people know that I did pare this down from fifty-five <laughs> attractions to like Joe, around twenty-five. Joe specifically Amazing. told me he goes, "There's a lot of Disney heads that are going to be mad at me for the shit I don't mention." And this, there I are. Like, there really are. Like, yeah. I mean, everyone's going to get mad at me for not talking about extraterrestrial alien encounter. Right. Extraterrestrial. We're going to yeah. save Which, I, that. That'll come back and we talk about We will have you Patreon. on for a Patreon. Patreon, $5 a month. Talk about uh, Dick Tracy. We'll talk about Goosebumps. Dick Tracy's fascinating. They had they had a show at MGM Studios, the Dick uh, Dick Tracy do Diamond Double Cross. That's amazing. I, I Uh-huh. Diamond Heart Tip. Uh, Diamond Heart we'll, Skull we'll Cracker. Unbuilt shit for Disney, like the Muppets Land that they never and built. And also, uh, Rabbit Land Muppets, they never it built. It really bothers me. There, 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 was, there was a, uh, a, a, a zine that was quite popular called uh, uh, Murder Can Be Fun. And there was, a, I think, two part issue where they just did Death at Disneyland. People dying on rides. Very that, interesting. Well, you know, you know, the fun thing about that is that no one's technically ever died on Disney property because they are not allowed to be presumed. They're not allowed to be announced dead until off property. That's, that's fucking that's, amazing. That's really, that's really I'm going to call it. No, you're not. <laughs> they, they literally can't call time of death until they're taken off of Disney property yeah, so that no one. So no one has officially died on Disney property. Well, how can, how can you die in your imagination? Right. A lot of death pe d dead people death have people. A lot of dead people have left Disney. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Usually before being dead. Yeah. I get on people movers. Uh, we're all dead I, people. I, I will say that in Florida they had a Muppets thing where we were in the Muppets theater and they had yeah, Muppet the, Vision 3D. the old guys on the on the, 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 the balcony. Man, that was 
the coolest. That was my favorite part. That somehow that still survived. It's still there. I do not know for how long because it's literally in between Star Tours and then Star Wars Galaxy's I, Edge. I don't know what it is about wow. the Muppets, but the Muppets just like forever for me. Yeah. They, I'm, always with they I'm with you on that. The they endure. The Muppets are always going to be able to do it for me. Yeah. They always, endure. always, yeah. always. <laughs> yeah. They endure. Uh, Joe, I... Uh, I love that you came back into this program for us. I you said it. Thank you so much for letting me come here and really just. I know you bombarding are bombarding you all. <laughs> with no, this. You are a huge fan favorite. People that love really you. Really is sweet to hear. We that love really big really and small fans. Mm-hmm. That really warms my heart. Yeah, and uh, they're gonna love this episode. They are. I hope and, so. And uh, I, I love you. I love you. Hey, I love you Joe. too. I'm gonna say good night. My name is John Fahey. I'm Aaron Pita. Oh, or so. and I'm Joe K. Hey, hey you're Joe K by me, baby. <laughs> we love you, everybody. Oh, 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 oh,